This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome to the show, everybody, for this Friday. We are about to be fully into the weekend in just a few hours. we got a lot of stuff coming up that we're going to talk about, including comedian Joey Medina, who will be here in person today. One of the original Latin Kings of comedy. One of the originals. He's got a movie project with one of the other original Latin Kings of comedy, Paul Rodriguez. And Joey Medina is performing at the El Paso Comic Strip. This weekend, you can catch him tonight and tomorrow night and also Sunday at the El Paso Comic Strip. Nico, you want to, since it's on our mind now, you're doing a comedy set after uh, like a pro marijuana march, right? I am. I am uh, doing the after party for uh, the Global March for Marijuana on Saturday. Uh, The local chapter of Normal, uh, El Paso's Normal, and Colt DeMores, the director have organized a march uh, starting at 4 p.m. Saturday downtown, and they'll be marching for marijuana access and rights and legalization. And then the after party at 7 will be at the San Carlos building where I'll be doing some some comedy. All right. Wasn't there another comedy event? There is. There's one on Sunday, and that one will be at Mona uh, Bar of Modern Art. It starts at 9 p.m., and tickets are five dollars if you DM me right now, and I'll get you special five dollar <laughs> DM. DM Nico. Nico yeah, DM for me <laughs> for very special access codes. Right. <laughs> and who's the headliner of that event? Uh, that will be Luz Pazos, I believe, who's also featuring for Joy Medina. Oh, okay. So a lot of comedy this weekend. Much of it involving our our very own Nico Jimian. Yeah. Nice shirt, buddy. Is that a new shirt? Yeah. Uh, no. No, you <laughs> just had uh, a, it's really cool. Like it. Like, it's does nice. It, does it yes. look new? I don't know. Yeah, very I didn't. Nice. I didn't know they made that pattern in men's shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you're, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're a I dick. I really <laughs> like it. I, I actually like it. We're, and you, you know what? You tell me to dress up all the time and. Today you come in in a t-shirt of everything. Casual Friday. <laughs> <laughs> that has never been a rule here. <laughs> uh, good morning, Joanna Barba. Good morning. Let me see how you're... Oh, look how nice. Okay, Joanna does look very nice. Today. Thank you. Kind of... Very much. I mean, I'm, you're not supposed to say this anymore, but... Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. No but bad buzz. Thank you. <laughs> Joanna, why don't you preview what we have coming up in entertainment news for today? Sure. Norm MacDonald shot a secret final Netflix stand-up special before passing. Well, he didn't know it was a secret Netflix special. He was doing a run-through at right. home, and they're going to use that footage and make the Netflix special out of it. Right. Wow. Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special, will premiere on Netflix on May 30th. That's awesome that you just made my day, Joanna, with that news, because he's one of my favorite stand-ups of all time. Been a a rough year. Right? Who else? Bob Saget. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Gilbert. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Catan wasn't looking good. (laughs) 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 
I keyed. I keyed. I keyed. According to Nico, he wasn't doing so well with his girlfriend. Oh, my God. I have no idea what was going on. Wait, Catan's girlfriend was in town? No, and I don't know. He was he was talking to her on the phone, and oh. he was real upset on Sun or Saturday night and <laughs> before his second show. Oh my god! I'm sure he's a pro. I'm sure he got it all together. Right? Remember, he was wondering what to get her for Mother's Day. Oh right, he was telling us he's going to get his girlfriend because she's got kids from a from a PR previous relationship, and he didn't know what to get her. Yeah, that's right. He did talk about his uh, girlfriend. Uh, Nico, news headlines. What's kind of uh, leading things off? What's the big news that everybody's going to be talking about today? Well, baby formula maker Abbott says it plans to restart production amid shortages following a recall. And in other news, my stomach feels like it's on fire. Really? <laughs> yeah. What, what Do you have any theories about what that might be? Joanna, I think I might need to bust out your, your tums. Dude, in that drawer over there. <laughs> I got. I got Tums. I've got Advil. I got I'm, some, I'm ready. I got some decade old Pepto Bismol back here. <laughs> decade that, old. Like, decade old. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even sure it's still liquid anymore, but you can help yourself to it. I'm pretty sure those are like Twinkies. They last. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heartburn. Some, uh, no, I'm getting food. old. I, find, I like. I. Did you go get some Thai food last night. Not even. I just made a burrito for myself. Oh. Nico's. Oh. Welcome to my world. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, but you know what? I In my head, I think I should see a doctor. And in and, my and head, it's just like, push through it. Yeah. <laughs> push through it. it. It will get better. Yeah. No doctor. And so in my head, I'm like, no, it might get worse. I should start looking at this. Could have an ulcer. Have you ever had an ulcer? I've I got seen my, you. I got my first ulcer when I was like, Oh, you know what it was? It was within a year of taking this job. Like 25 years old, I got my first ulcer. Wait, you're you're being serious right now? Yeah, I'm 100% serious. Oh, my God. At 25, you got your first ulcer from, yeah. from this job? Well, Did the you ever fix the ulcer? was as such. Uh, they didn't operate. I remember that. <laughs> they didn't operate. But you've just been putting stuff in your stomach since then. Uh, I haven't starved, so yeah, I've been putting <laughs> stuff in my stomach occasionally. Oh my god, Buzz. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have an off-air conversation about All that. All right. <laughs> KLAQ is a proud supporter of our hometown El Paso Chihuahuas. You can see exciting triple A level, which is just the ones, not even a full step, like just a tiny little half step down from the major leagues. And listen to the Buzz Adams Morning Show throughout the season to win tickets. We gave some away uh, earlier this week. At the game, besides enjoying uh, the great baseball, enjoy between innings fun, which includes the KLAQ Dizzy Bat Race. Brought to you by Johnson's Jewelers. And you can hear every Chihuahua's game all season long on our partner station, 600 ESPN El Paso. And we're going to have some uh, games coming up for the Memorial Day weekend. We're going to have some. Uh, they're putting it together so you can stay downtown in the Hotel Indigo. Uh, and Ooh, see a couple of games fancy. on back-to-back nights. So we got a lot of fun coming up with the Chihuahuas this season. Uh, today, the tickets go on sale for the Scorpions and Whitesnake at 10 a.m. this morning. That means before 10 a.m., we're going to have one final pair of tickets to give away. 
uh, for the Scorpions and White Snake. They're coming September the 19th to the Don Haskins Center. You got another chance to win them this morning on the Buzz Adams Morning Show, and then they're going to go to go on sale at 10 a.m. through Ticketmaster. Go to LiveNation.com if you want more details, and also Live Nation uh, might have the hookup for some pre-sales that you can get before 10 a.m. this morning. So that's uh, tickets for Scorpions and White Snake. Win them before you can buy them this morning on the Buzz Adams Morning Show. Got quite a few neckline calls. Uh, I want to remind people of the neckline number. Toll-free, it's 844-805-NECK, 844-805-6325. There's kind of an interesting thing going on. So we get them immediately now. Like, we used to have to wait about a day to get the neckline calls, but Mm -hmm. they they show up pretty much immediately. So if you want to leave, leave a neckline call, there's a good chance we'll be able to, you know, play it back within a minute or two if we you know depending on how the show folds out but uh anytime you want to call in leave a message you don't want to necessarily talk to the show but you want to leave a message call the neckline 844-805-NECK if you want to call directly so you talk to us and this is what we do for a lot of our contest make sure you call the new studio line it's a 915 number 910-4995 that's 910-4995 to put you in touch with us here in the studio and the KLAQ Morning Show. We got a lot of ground to cover today, guys. We got a lot to get to. Comedian Joey Medina is coming up later. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. Friday the 13th, too. Joanna, you consider yourself superstitious? No. You don't Unless worry about stepping on the vibes are it. wrong, then I get Olympia. Ah, but she does believe in vibes. Yep. And for people who don't know what Olympia is, does somebody come <laughs> over and like rub an egg on your head an or something? Egg, yeah. Some smoke burning. Some, that sounds pretty superstitious. I got to tell you, that sounds pretty superstitious. Does it? Okay. Then okay. Would you yeah. break a mirror and feel bad about it? No, I never got. What's the thing with the mirror? Uh, you're supposed to get seven years bad luck, I think. Why? Or maybe I'm confusing that with if you swallow a piece of bubble gum. <laughs> no, that just stays in your <laughs> that stomach. That just stays in your stomach, your right? digestive tract for seven years. I don't know. Breaking a mirror is supposed to be bad. If you spill salt, you're supposed to throw it over your shoulder. I Walking mean, under a ladder? I won't do that. Really? Why do these things, why are they considered being like superstitious? And Opening an umbrella indoors? I never got that one either. Yeah, I, I don't What's bad luck about it? Uh, you know what? I actually, th- the more I think about it, the, the more stupid I think I might have been for believing those. You got any black cats in your collection of cats? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would not put my level of superstition. Although, there was a period when I was playing sports where if we had won a game, especially if it was a game maybe that was a really good win or we upset a team we weren't supposed to beat, I would hold on to my game jersey so that my mom wouldn't wash it. And wash all the I didn't want to wash the all the victory out of it. <laughs> so I would have, like, victory sweat. And you must have been stinky. Deal. No, we didn't win that much. <laughs> <laughs> and that carried over from high school sports to, like, church league softball, if I really thought we were going. Like, oh, man. I'm not washing this shirt until we lose. These are my lucky underwear. <laughs> Um, Matt Damon is getting grief. 
he's getting dunked on by a lot of people. Yep. Do you know why? I do. Remember those Fortune Favors the Brave commercials that he did? Well, those have been viewed over 28 million times on Twitter and YouTube. I complained about those the very first time I saw him, like during the football season. I don't think it was a Super Bowl ad, but it was like, you know, in the latter part of the football season, Matt Damon comes out and he starts telling you that, you know, if you don't if you don't need to get into crypto, you're basically a he who's going to end up being a loser like all the people who didn't discover America. And here's kind of how the commercial goes. So he's telling you, if you don't buy into crypto, and was it an ad just for crypto in general or a specific crypto? A specific crypto exchange called Crypto.com. Also, the commercial debuted in October last year, but it was played replayed during the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I hate it. I hate it. It's like I'm being bullied by Matt Damon. Basically, Matt Damon thinks I'm a pwad if I don't look over the edge, right? And then it's got all these scenes of the age of sail and exploration. And, uh, you know, it's like, you want to be one of these losers who didn't do anything with their life? I guess crypto, specifically Bitcoin, is kind of taking a beating. Uh, oh, my God. Recently. Bitcoin, Coinbase, Ethereum, they are all slumping uh, and have been taking a beating. Uh, people are now saying, well, what, what, uh, how much money would you have made? If you invested in Bitcoin when Matt Damon suggested that you you saw that that commercial and it really worked on you and you were like, Matt Damon's right. Right. I'm brave. Uh, Like if you'd invested, do you have an example? Well, let's just say this. So uh, in October, when the commercial aired, Bitcoin was priced. One Bitcoin was about $61,000. So now one Bitcoin is $30,000. So, if you invested $1,000 worth of Bitcoin when the commercial debut... Yeah, put it in a number that like, if, people can relate to. If, if you, you take it $1,000 and said, I'm going to do what Matt Damon says, I'm going to invest in Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Well, your crypto. crypto value would be worth $481 right now. You, Ooh. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> well, does Matt Damon actually... But you're not peering over the edge of greatness. Does Matt Damon actually believe in crypto? Like, is he invest? Did he accept his payment for that ad in crypto, for instance? Good well, point. Damon, at the time this commercial debuted, said, I've never done an endorsement like this. But he did say, I am a crypto.com investor. He told Bloomberg that I'm ready to ride or die with the economy, but I'm not quitting my day job. Yeah, I wonder how much of his own money he put in or how much of it was like, hey, we're going to pay you, you know, your regular fee. And then maybe a little Bitcoin Bitcoin so you can, you know, you can claim or, you know, has he really taken a drubbing financially because he's got so much of his own money in Bitcoin? Right. Well, if you if you bought any at that time, you are probably hurting right it now. It seemed needlessly aggressive for somebody as rich as Matt Damon to basically be taunting you that if you're not buying cryptocurrency, that you're well, just a coward. Everybody thought the prices were going to pass 60000 They thought it would be 90000 for one Bitcoin, 100000 for one Bitcoin. Never trust Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you about ready to acknowledge? Do you think that NFTs are are just scams? Oh no, I'm. I've told you 
NFTs are scams. I, I believe that. You weren't sure at the beginning. At the very beginning, the idea about... Buying unique, a thing. No, no, no. Unique images that were tied to a digital blockchain was intriguing and made me think, well, maybe there is a really secure way of, of having individual digital images that cannot be copied or transferred. But that's not the case. They can be copied. They can be transferred. <laughs> right. They, you, you're you, paying for nothing. You're paying for nothing. There's no way that it's going to hold any value. It's the, a, m- mostly it seems like a pump and dump scheme. But I also think, like Madonna put out some NFTs of different things growing out of her out of her hoo ha. Yeah, and Bored Ape put out a bunch still that 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 w- sold for millions. This was just a few weeks ago. So, I mean, obviously the the NFT trend is still going down. But I see a lot of uh, institutional investors. Like Warren Buffett, first of all, said, not only don't buy NFTs, but he he doesn't want to buy any Bitcoin or any type of cryptocurrency. Mister um, Mister Consistency, that's what they call Warren. The Buffett Oracle of, of Omaha. Yeah, I guess. I mean, this where w- treads Warren Buffett, the way must be firm and broad. Something <laughs> that I could imagine someone saying about <laughs> about him. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I think Bitcoin will still have some relevance. Uh, it is slumping like crazy, though. But so. we're thinking NFTs are are pretty much nothing but a, a fool's gambit. Yeah, but I'm still committed to making my line of NFTs featuring every picture I've taken of you, Buzz, uh, eating food from your couch. I have about 100 of them, and I plan on releasing <laughs> them as a digital collection of NFTs. You can find Buzz eating spaghetti, uh Chinese food, pork chops. Normally, he's not aware I'm taking chicken. Yeah, normally he's not really aware or chicken. or consenting to these pictures. So you get a good surprise look. Uh, the After Buzz is a show that we do uh, after the morning show's over, so you can listen to the After Buzz uh, on whatever platform you get your podcast on, including KLAQ.com and KLAQ mobile app, but Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. And do the mobile app. Let's just say do the mobile yeah, app. Yeah, do the mobile app, sure. Well, whatever's most convenient. I want people to do whatever's right. most convenient for them. But yesterday I presented uh, Nico with a what-if scenario. And he couldn't decide, so he called Joanna in. But basically, if there was a genie who said, I'm going to grant you this one conditional wish, I will make sure that your hair on top of your head is bountiful. And beautiful. You're going to have like just the best looking hair, and you never have to worry about going bald or receding hairline. But the condition is for the rest of your life, you've also got to have a mullet in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I also put in there the genie tells you if by any chance next week they discover the cure for baldness. Too late. You're I locked to into this deal mullet. forever. This is right. yours forever. So, so it was really tortured and took about a half hour for Nico to, f- to figure out what he was going to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I he lo- eventually took the mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you are using the promotion of the After Buzz to just backdoor into... Our mullet oh conversation. It was, so fu- you, 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 it was hilarious. Joanna, you could tell he was like really tortured as he was yes. trying to make this decision. But because you would have hair. Up front. Unfortunately, yeah. there would be a party in the back. In the back that I would have to deal with at professional meetings and on stage. Although 
so and you I wanted think to know it was a little like not cool of you to say, well, the genie's not going to allow you to put it into a man bun or, or like, gel it or something. Gel it. You were no, like, no, you got to no, display it's a the full permanent mullet, permanent forever. mullet in mullet form. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say if you're going to ride a motorcycle, yeah, you could put a motorcycle helmet on, but you can't just like put it up in a under a cap and only wear a cap forever. But it, besides, if you did that, you wouldn't get to show people your the normal your hairline. Hair. Yeah, the top the of your top. hair, which is going to be... The but business in the I front. would have to live with a mullet. You would have to live with a mullet. I would have mullet. to look at myself every day yes. in the mirror. You've had 24 hours to think about it since we asked you that question. Do you still <laughs> agree that you would take the genie up on his offer to give you full... Well, now you gave away my answer on the podcast yesterday. Yeah, but the way we got there, like I had to show you pictures that I'd done where I put your face over James McAvoy and split. And if anybody's curious, <laughs> just type in Google Buzz Nico Bald. Those three words Those three words apparently will bring up Buzz's article where he put he put, uh, Nico was telling us that he did shave his head and I couldn't remember but then it all clicked yeah he did he shaved his head and then i, I put did it his, at your house he put i put his face <laughs> on different famous bald people's bodies to see how it would look so i put it on ed norton in american history x <laughs> <laughs> That's right. i didn't know you could photoshop like i didn't know you had the skills it's called face in a hole buzz <laughs> loves that face in a hole it's an app <laughs> it's been around for like 15 years face in a hole kind of an artiste when it comes to face in the hole but the one that we decided he looked the most like when nico shaved his head he looked like very specifically james mcavoy in split but only when he was in the patricia persona and i told you to come dress with a turtleneck and necklace <laughs> and i should have told you i don't own either of those <laughs> But still, you're still on board with the mullet for the rest of your life. Yeah, after we tortured that out and we looked at all... Uh, then we looked up different celebrities who were bald, bald now. And like, like how good some celebrities look bald, like Jason Statham. Right. Like just, dude, just... With hair, he would look ugly. Yeah, right? Yeah, there are some of these guys that's like, oh my God, they look so good bald. They're lucky they're bald because they look so good bald. I'm not one of those people. I don't think I would be one either. <laughs> And so looking at all of them just made me think, I don't want to ever be like that. So I want to keep as much hair as possible for as long as possible. But a lot of people say, hey, come on, man. Just go all the way bald. You're not fooling anybody, but your mom. By a lot of people, (laughs) it's you. (laughs) No, I was was telling my friend Matt, and Matt's a bald guy. And I was telling him, he's like, why does he just shave it? Because he was in your position. He was like... Oh, I still got this much, but you know it's obvious that that I'm combing it over. I wouldn't call it a wisp of hair, but I would call it like like a, a low sh- like a wisp like a low whisper. Maybe I, I don't know, man. It's so. What did Matt say? So you just have he bald said just friends? go bald because Matt looks pretty good bald, much better than he did when he was you know trying to comb it over. I can't even comb it over. There's nothing. To- There's nothing to comb over. <laughs> But my mom always says, they're just trying to make you look bad. (laughs) Keep your hair. Let me tell you about this crazy story. A couple flipped a coin at their wedding to make a major decision. A couple in Virginia couldn't decide which last name to use. 
mm-hmm. the husbands or the wives. I wonder how big of a problem that is today. Like today, maybe guys are more be like, I don't care. We can, I'll go by your name, whatever. Uh, both had good reasons to keep their own name. So they decided to let the person who performed the wedding flip a coin at the altar. And whoever won the coin toss, that was whose name they were going to take. The husband won the coin toss. And the officiant introduced the couple under his name. And a clip was of the, the officiant like the only one that knew who won the coin toss? Nah, I think it was like a gender open, reveal. Like, no, nah, I think it was like you know, you flip it and then everybody can look oh, and okay. see what the coin says and whatever the husband picked, it ended up uh, going viral on TikTok. The couple says that the coin toss idea they flip a lot of coins to oh, make decisions okay. like what to have for dinner or what a fun relationship. Yeah, so uh, it all came down to the toss of a coin. And uh, the husband won, so they got the right answer out of the coin this time. The right answer. (laughs) It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. It is Friday the 13th. I think we established that uh, we're not very superstitious, except for some of the things that we're superstitious about. (laughs) I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. I'm just a little stitious. (laughs) I'm substitious. Is that from the office? Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm superstitious, but I but am I a am little, little stitious. <laughs> and you don't like the office. <laughs> oh. Because it's my, too cringy? Yeah. My daughter, there's one show my daughter loves, and it's it's the worst cringe. So I don't like cringe comedy. Uh-huh. Curb your enthusiasm. Like, everything's just like, uh, you know, it's just cringe. Like, awkwardness. You don't like awkward comedy. My daughter loves the... The thing that sets off that the worst for me, mm-hmm. do you have you ever heard of something called impractical jokers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the whole thing sets me on edge. Really? She really, really loves it. That one's not cringe, though. It is extremely cringe. Do you get, like, secondhand embarrassment? Yeah, big time. Because I'm always thinking, like, they go into a store, or they're in a park, and they're putting people in these awkward positions, and I'm like... How do they know that that person's spouse didn't die yesterday? You know what I mean? <laughs> Have you ever seen an episode of Impractical I've Jokers? I've seen a few, yeah. I don't know. It's just... How do they know that person's spouse didn't die? Or that they didn't get some of the worst news the previous hour. Or that they're just having a re- really terrible day. And it's all like a point-based system and they turn it into a TV show and... I'm not saying it's hilarious. Not, some, I'm not saying it's not funny, but it is that cringe stuff that just sets my teeth so much on edge. <laughs> like I admit that Curb Your Enthusiasm is a funny show. Okay. But I can't watch it because it gives me so much anxiety. Okay. It's like, God, just pick up the phone, call Ted Danson, and explain the screw up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or call JB Smooth, you know, just solve this problem, but. He won't do it, and uh, I think you're right. I think there's something about cringe comedy. All right, that we I really don't something dig. today. Got a lot of neckline calls. Was somebody on the phone? Yes. Oh, all right. Oh my- <laughs> well, let's get to the let's get to the person on the phone first. I'm sorry, my Skype isn't opening. Can you tell me who it is? It's Rick. Ricky. Okay. Ricky Bobby. Hey, Ricky. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Nico? This is Buzz. Uh, what's up, Buzz? 
Hey, you guys found a like on the radio on the oh. phone, actually. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, don't, I don't love that. I don't oh, either. No, never mind. Go ahead. Never mind, never mind. What's up, Ricky? Different. No, I was going to tell Nico, you need to grow that mullet out like I have it. Remember, brother? <laughs> you know Ricky? He's, He's got a mullet? Last time. I, I think I might you know, know Ricky. Speak you up? Speak? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, my long, my long mullet hair and you're like... Oh, what? yeah, yeah. Did You won a prize, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah no, that's right. You. And it was like, yeah, you see, Bud remember me? There's no, no, I remember there's now. No question about this. You <laughs> had a good Canadian waterfall, man. Oh, it's growing longer, and you should see it. So you're I'm saying a mullet country. is a good decision? Yes, sir. Do it. Okay. It only goes on the back of your head. It doesn't go on the top. <laughs> you, what if you? Thank you, Ricky. I appreciate the <laughs> thanks, call. Ricky. Suggestion. What if you let it grow out super long? Just in the back. back? And then you just like folded it up top, and then parted it in the middle. Oh, like, like a Donald came... Trump? Is that what you think he does? Well, I think he. I think he lets it grow along it. on the it's side. It's like a cotton candy, is what I call it. Yeah. Okay. This is the thing. About, I have curly hair. I actually have curly hair, so it doesn't fall. It doesn't <laughs> grow back down. It grows into a, a afro. <laughs> so even if I grew long hair, it doesn't go back down. So let's straighten it when it grows out. There, there's a scene. Can you in... find a straightener that small? Yes. <laughs> There, there's this scene in the HBO uh, series about the Lakers where, uh, oh, who's uh, John C. Riley plays Jerry Buss, and it's a, a a long, detailed scene about how he would do this swirl comb over uh, to make it look like he didn't have a bald spot. I'm sure, he didn't like that. I'm sure, the real guy didn't appreciate that. I, I think Jerry Buss might not may, might no longer be with us. But a lot of people from that show are, and they don't like the way anybody was portrayed in that. Like, Jerry West is still alive, and it's like that. Is that, that the guy that John C. Riley plays? Or? No, John C. Riley plays Jerry Buss, who bought the Lakers in 1979, and immediately won a championship with him. And Jerry West is one of the biggest stars from the 60s. He's the guy, he's the basketball player who's silhouette is on the NBA logo. Oh, but it makes right. him yep. look like a psychopath. It makes no. Larry Bird look like a complete hole. Really? Yeah. I always thought he came off so wholesome and nice. Larry Bird? Yeah. No, no, super competitive and very much a few attitude <laughs> to all these other stars in the NBA. Wow. Uh, if you watch that scene, though, you know, maybe it's like a step-by-step on how to... Swirl my hair. Yeah, swirl your <laughs> hair. Get a t- Do a Trump, man. Yeah. I like Joanna's description of the cotton candy move. <laughs> uh, we've got a lot of these neckline calls, so why don't we... Uh, What's the neckline number, if people want to know? Neckline number is 844-805-NECK, 844-805-6325. We've got a lot of people calling about the uh, the video of the police shooting of a 75-year-old woman in Las Cruces, which i got to tell you, I'd heard about this case, but until you see it, the police uh, finally let us see a blurred version of it. It's as bad as any of the ones that, you know, caused protest, you know, led to protest. It's it's as bad as that. Like, when you see it, you're thinking, I you can't hardly imagine that this little old woman who, who's got, like, a kitchen knife, two kitchen knives in her hand, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like she could have hurt that police officer. Mm-hmm. It do, just doesn't look like really, she could have moved fast right. enough. And so a lot of people are uh, calling about that. 
So let's uh, take some calls about that. You can see that uh, video. It's blurred out like the last second or two. So it doesn't show her getting shot. But it also doesn't show like what did she do in that last second or two. But it it staggers belief that she could have been threatening enough been threatening enough that you had to shoot her and i think that's what a lot of people are asking about this video that las cruces police made available good morning show uh for nico's sentiment on the las cruces lady being shot i agree that we share her sentiment on that unfortunately i know police officers and that they have the mentality still of being trained via military style for six months as shoot first ask questions later and the mentality is better to be judged by 12 than buried by six. But that's the mentality now that, and unfortunately, tasers are not a standard yet on all police forces yet. So it all depends on what they are. But that's what they've been trained is a military standard. Thanks. Have a great one. Uh, if that is the case... I think a lot of citizens would say, stop doing that. Yep. Stop putting it into, oh, protocol says I can shoot this person, therefore I'm going to shoot this person. Mm-hmm. And if it, not everybody has a taser, maybe look into that. Yeah, that should be standard now. If this guy didn't have a taser, which is what another officer said, that he only had his gun, did he have a stick? Because it looks like you could have taken this woman, not out, but you know, you could have. I don't mean to laugh. It's right, but the, it looks like with, a, it, with a, like, stick, a stick. You know, a knight, like a baton like they have. Or, or if mace. he did lunge at him, all he had to do was move to the side. And or take one step backwards. It did not right. look like the the woman died. You know, I don't know. Right. If he, and I think the latest now is that the family is suing and they want the officer charged with murder, which, by the way, don't read the comments in those type of thing. It, people are the worst. Wait, the comments on... I had seen the, like the, most of the comments that. that I had seen on the article that I... I, I read a couple of articles on it. Mm-hmm. Mostly just wondering why you couldn't have done something different. Oh, no. The comments that I've been reading is, well, he did nothing wrong. She had oh. a weapon. He was doing his job. Why really? did the family call the police. Why do you call the police if you don't want the police to shoot your grandma? Exactly. Well, you don't call the police. You call 911. Yeah, they didn't call police. They called 911. Asked for, I think, an ambulance. But they did. The, and the, a police. They did ask, will a police officer be coming? So they did want a police sure. officer there, but, you know, you can tell from the daughter and the granddaughter's reaction, they didn't imagine. And I didn't know that right. police were only supposed to be called when you wanted something killed. I didn't know that was the only right. time they're supposed to come out. How long has the cop in Las Cruces who shot the old lady been a cop and how can we talk to the guy who trained him? Okay. I yeah, I don't know. I don't think I they've think identified the officer. They the officers identified on him, but I think they said 6 years. I wonder if he has any military background cuz he was wearing a paracord. I mean, it's it's a, a common uh, law enforcement thing to be wearing, but a, a paracord bracelet or something. Did you know, though, that about in the United States, 25% of the police force has a military background? So about one-fourth of all police officers probably have, have been in the military. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Well, the careers complement each other. Yeah, there's something going on where so many people can look at that video and say, look, man, this lady was slow. She didn't. You know, she looked weak. It didn't look like she could hurt you if she wanted to. 
you know. And from the moment he gets there, he's just screaming, mm-hmm. and she's she has dementia. She's, she's in a full blown mental crisis. So it, you know, it, even if she did understand English, the screaming was not de-escalating the situation at all. What's up, Mosho? It's ODG. I agree with Nico that most cops are good and well-trained, but cops are people just like us. You can get a bad cop or a person who shouldn't be a cop. I think if you're too nervous or too jumpy, you shouldn't be a cop. That cop that shot that old lady in uh, Las Cruces shouldn't be a cop. He's too nervous. Also, after watching the video, they could have just shut the door to the house and just wait till she falls asleep, you know? Just shut the door. Okie dokie. I guess another part of this He's is not that there, wrong. There were, uh, but there were other family members. I think there were some kids who'd gone in, and, and the, the 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 adults had told them go back there and lock. You know, get in your room because grandma's, you know, having some kind of mental episode right. or whatever. Here, right. So. But I don't know how much of the of this the cop knew. Like, did he know that she had dementia? I don't know. It was on the nine one one call, but did they communicate that to the officer? Did well, he know that she only spoke Spanish? Because he's only yelling at her in English, and you would think that a police officer this close to the border would know how to give at least simple commands. Right. You know, put it down in Spanish, which he didn't. I mean, what's but, up, Mo Show? It's well, ODG. ODG again. Regarding that cop shooting that old lady, uh, can cops carry like a net gun? Where you shoot a, a gun that shoots out a net at the the suspect, I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, like In the cartoon, like Batman would have. Might as well have dementia repellent. Yeah, yes. You know they shoot out a net like Cyrax where they can't move, or a strong tranquilizer gun that knocks them out immediately. But in defense of good cops, I did hear that a lot of cops suffer from PTSD from the things they see. But I think this this was a bad shooting, though. The cop could have just shut the door to the house, and the threat is over. Uh, this is my thought. Okie dokie. Yeah, I mean, when he comes to the house, he asks the, the... Okay, so this is the grandmother that ended up getting shot. He asked the daughter and the granddaughter to step out of the house, and they walk right by. On the way by, they're like, please the, be careful with her. Please be careful with her. And, you know, and she's she didn't stab them, and then immediately it's like it he, goes to from zero to ten. Yeah, he just you know the the guns out. He's screaming. He's you know profanity. Mm-hmm. It's unclear if she understands anything either because she doesn't speak English or because she has dementia. I I, I hope that uh, people heard that part about you know. I hope it doesn't diminish from the fact there are a lot of great police officers out there. And, like, one one police officer, one incident is never representative of a whole force of people. But I, I, I'll i make the, this point that I made yesterday. I think it's really important that they release these videos because you can hear, oh, a 75-year-old woman got shot. Well, what was going on? Until you see, you know, you can't kind of apply what your sense of right and wrong until right. you see what's happening. So. Well, and the unfortunate thing is we, none of us are in a position to do anything about it. It's like we're not uh, well, DAs we could, or criminal I, defense attorneys. I think attorneys we can or, definitely, like, here's how the public feels about this. We saw what happened. It did not look like the 75-year-old lady had to be shot. Yeah, that's the And if that's enough what I'm people saying. are saying that, you know, maybe it brings some responsibility to bear. Mm-hmm. 
I just wanted to say something real quick about about this that Las Cruces cop that shot that seventy five year old woman, seventy five years old. Seriously, I mean, from from what you see, from what you see in the video, that guy could have closed the door. Everybody was already outside, and and now and now the family wants to make sure they want to file they want to file the uh, even like murder charges on this cop. And and I think that cop, I don't know, either he was weak or he was just wanted to shoot somebody that day. But that's my opinion. I mean, I'm not against I'm not against police officers. Um, you know, I back him up, but I think that was just BS. Thank you, guys. All right, you can call us on the neck line, 844-805-NECK. And uh, a new twist on this is we get these almost immediately. So if you want to leave a message, we get them pretty quickly. If you want to give us a call uh, directly, and you'll want to have this number handy for when we give away our Scorpions and White Snake tickets later, 910-4995. Make sure if you have any problem, you dial that 915 uh, area code because that's apparently a thing you got to do now, 915 910 4995 to talk directly to the Buzz Adams Morning Show. Joey Medina, who's at the El Paso Comic Strip, is going to be dropping by in the next hour. Nico's got news coming up in about 20 minutes, and we still have those tickets winning before you buy them for the Scorpions on the way this morning. More of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is headed your way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, Joey Medina's coming up later this morning. We'll have some news headlines ahead. And also our final tickets for the Scorpions. It won't be the final tickets. They'll be the final winner before you can buy them tickets. Tickets go on sale this morning at 10 a.m. through Ticketmaster. Uh, before we move on, we got some more calls. Uh, we got some live calls, in fact. Here is uh, Vince, who's on the line. Hi, Vince. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Vince. Good morning, What's going man. on? Um... So I've just I've been hearing a fair bit about how in regards to this uh Las Cruces police officer shooting and, and people wanting to beat up about, you know, well he needs you know, police officers need to be better trained or go further training and all that. And I to a degree I would I I'll agree, yes. Training is really for that kind of job, even military, training is a daily thing. However, there is no amount of training that is going to absolutely make somebody ready for when it hits the fan. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew some I knew some veteran guys when I was in combat that like they talked a great game, but then were also the first ones in the fetal position crying when bullets started flying. And then there was the polar opposite that are like you you'd think they just picked the wrong job because mm-hmm. they're like super quiet and reserved. But they're the ones laying it down when they have to, when you have to. Mm-hmm. Like you hope training kicks in, but you can't completely blame that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Did you see the Did you see the video, Vince? By any chance? I have not. This is actually the first I'm learning of even the last. I, I would say definitely look at the video because I could describe. You know, like oh, she does not look like she was a present danger. But until you see it for yourself, you know, you just hearing my opinion of it but i'm looking at that and it's like god that's that's like the that's like the go-to thing every time there's a police shooting though is oh well they weren't they need better training and sensitivity such and so on and yeah they do but that seems to be like the go-to answer of like well that'll just resolve it i'm like no there's no amount of training that's going to just 
that, that is going to make it absolutely certain that that particular officer, whether he's been on the year for a year or 10 years, is going to handle that particular situation a certain way. Well, I'll tell you this. Well, wait, Vince, Vince, would you admit, Vince, would you admit at least that sometimes that that you'll handle it the wrong way? That that a person or a police officer would handle it the uh, the wrong way because they 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 don't know how they're going to react. It's possible, sure. Uh, I think I would say this is a perfect example when you hear people talking about. Well, maybe nine one one doesn't always send a police officer. Maybe they send like a mental health crisis inter- counselor, crisis or, counselor yeah, intervention, or somebody like yeah. that. You know, maybe they have a police officer who's there just in case to make sure nobody gets hurt, but that they that it's the mental health crisis counselor who's in charge of the scene. And I know that sounds crazy. How are you going to put somebody? who's basically a counselor in charge of a scene over a police officer, but it seems like that type of person would have been more suited for this case. And also make sure they speak the language of the person they're going to go and talk to. Oh, being in El Paso, yeah, you should definitely be able to at least have some kind of level of conversational Spanish. I really do say, though, that in this case, it's one of those things where if you see the video, you get a much clearer idea of just how unlikely it was that this lady was going to hurt the police officer or was even capable of hurting the police officer. And to just talk on, on training Vince, you know, I, I think that you can train for these kind of things. There, there's something called simulated stress training for or simulated stress shooting training where they can dry fire around uh, people. And, and when I was in the medical field, we had mannequins that could blink, that could bleed, that you would practice on uh, constantly every single day. And I don't think people should be right. put in life or death situations if they're not ready. But the thing is, when you're in a training environment, it's still like a safety net of like, oh, well, if I screw up, then we'll just reset and then keep practicing. Sure. But when it comes to the moment of like, yes, there's actual human life involved, it becomes a whole different matter. Sometimes the training just dumps out of your brain. And... <sighs> This this thing that, that, like, some people on the neckline wanted to get on this kick of, you know, you, it, there's probably, like, onesies and twosies police officers and, vet, and, and, and military personnel that just want to go out and shoot people in the face. But for the majority's sake, like, that's that's a cold statement, man. Right. I like, don't think that's yeah. okay. I don't think anybody, I think that is, you know, somebody would have to be a psychopath to do that. And I don't think the police are full of psychopaths. I just don't believe that. Yeah. Like, anybody who values life, like, they know the weight that's carried behind having to pull that trigger. Or you would hope, at it's least. not taken lightly. Yeah. All right, Vince, I agree with you. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate thanks, the man. call. Mm-hmm. Okay, have a great Y'all weekend. Have a good one. All right, have a good one. Uh, one other call on this. We This is the type of topic that I really think deserves probably some national attention, but I feel like definitely locally and it's available enough that, mm-hmm. and they do blur out the last, that I will say that that's one thing uh, because they're not going to send out to the media, the vert, the unblurred version where you see this lady take two bullets to the chest or, you know, face or wherever they end up going. But you don't see that last second to second and a half, but I up everything up until then. You just it's I find it hard to believe that shooting this grandmother was the only thing that could have been done. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning, Kelly Q. Good morning, guys. So my thoughts on that 75 year old woman that was shot. Listen, I'm a police officer myself and 
I want to go home at the end of the day. And I'm not going to get killed by anyone, by anyone. I'm going to see my kids grow up. I'm going to see them get old. I'm going to see them have more kids. I'm not going to die at the hands of anyone. So if anybody has a knife, this lady had two knives. Not only that, but uh, there was reports that there were children in the home and they also wanted the caller that called 911 had also stated that there were children in the home that were in danger from the 75-year-old woman. So not only are you looking out for your life, but you're looking out for other people's lives. This stuff about he could have just closed the door. Well, no, there's possibly more children that are in the house in the home and that could be in danger. So that's my thoughts. You know, you, I'm not going to die at the hands of anyone. This woman had two knives and she has dementia and people with mental problems have crazy strength. So yeah, I'm not going to die at the hands of anyone and uh, much less, a 75-year-old woman, and I'm not going to let anybody get killed. So that's my thoughts on that. He was just a... Oh, a little losing the signal. ...to do some hero stuff and... Ah, well, that's unfortunate we didn't get that last part. Yeah, I, I couldn't catch that last part, but... And you know I what? Get what you're saying? No, no. I will, just speaking from uh, first, all, people who don't have guns deal with people with dementia, and people with dementia can get violent. And you got all kinds of health workers and mental crisis workers and orderlies. Well, let me just and tell nurses. you from the point of view of first responders what the idea of scene safety is. Like that's the first thing that they teach you is scene safety that you take care of yourself first. Your safety, no matter. This is for EMTs. If they they see a car wreck and there's ten people that are on fire, it's still the EMTs supposed to worry about themselves first that they don't get hurt because if they get hurt, then they're not going to be they're They're just another victim and they're just another, uh, uh, difficulty for other people to rescue. So right, you, yeah, but shooting you take not care an of your, for an EMT though. No, but well, at the same time, a police officer can't let himself get hurt. The first thing that they're going to teach a police officer is you take care of yourself because if you get hurt, then you become another victim, another problem for other people to help out. So you take care of yourself first. So that, that is part of training. And what he's talking about is not letting anybody kill him is, is yeah, that's what they teach you. Your your safety comes first. I, I would say watch the video. I'm not sure if the caller there uh, had watched the video, but that video, it's, it really stretches the imagination that this woman could have suddenly leapt into action and become some kind of knife-wielding ninja. Right. Hello, Michael. Hello. Hey, what's hey, going on? Hey, what's happening? All right, so I saw the video that you guys uh, talking about. I actually saw the video. And from the way that everything happened, the situation for the police officer, I say he was justified in shooting the old lady. Even as old as she is with dementia, when you get a 911 call, when the police get the call on the radio, nobody tells them, uh, oh, it's dementia person or that. They just say uh, female with a knife, family in danger, children in danger. Why wouldn't they tell the police officer, hey, it's an old lady and she's got dementia? Uh, they don't put down the call. Basically, they just get a call. So the well, then they should start doing it. The night. Uh, then I would say they should start doing that. Well, no, he's and not. As far as, uh, as far as him shooting the old lady, I think it was justified because there's nowhere he could have gone. He couldn't go back because he was against the wall. And he couldn't go to the right because the family members were still standing there, even when though he told them to run away. A bullshit. <laughs> he could. There's a hundred different things he could have done. Are you just and then, trying to play devil's advocate? Because I'm looking at this video. There are a hundred different options yeah, that he could have done. 
there's been videos before old people with dementia with a knife and a police officer used a taser on one last one. Well, then would it be fair to tell people, hey, if you've got a, a, a elderly parent or family member with dementia or any kind of mental health problems, by all means, do not get the police involved. When you call 911, specify that you definitely don't want police there because police will shoot your mentally uh, challenged uh, relatives. And at the same time, when you're dealing with an old person with dementia, it's not like he could reach for the knife because if she gets scared and she flinches, she could cut the officer in the wrist or something like that, even by accident with the knife, and he could actually get injured himself. And Are you sure we watched the same video? Yeah, I am watching the same video. Like, even though as old hmm. as she is, if she gets scared and she flinches, she could easily cut okay. the officer. All right, Michael. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Thank you. I find that very, very hard to believe. Yeah, but maybe, like, if you got a problem and, a, you know, because of mental health or dementia or anything else, the last people you want on the scene are the police, unless you want them to kill. I mean, that sounds like what you're saying. Definitely don't call the police if you've got a situation like this where you don't want your afflicted relative or loved one to die. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. And here is Nico Ajimian with today's top news stories. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz. Russia, quote, will be forced to take retaliatory steps, both of military, technical and other other nature, in order to stop the threat to its national security, end quote, in response to Finland's possible ascension to NATO, according to Russia's state-run news agency TASS, citing a statement by the Russian foreign ministry. Now, the ministry added Finland joining NATO will seriously harm bilateral Russian-Finnish relations and the maintenance of stability and security in the North European region. Russia will conduct a special analysis and take necessary measures for national security if Finland joins NATO, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said Thursday. When asked whether Finland's ascension to NATO, the world's biggest military alliance, would pose a threat to Russia, Peskov told reporters, of course it will. I guess Finland wants in, like, immediately. Finland wants in NATO yesterday. Yes. And Sweden is on the cusp of saying, like, we need it now. Peskov's comments followed a joint statement released by Finnish President Sauli Ninisto and Finnish Prime Minister Sanna Marin, announcing their support for Finland applying to join NATO. In a speech Thursday, Marin announced Finland must apply for NATO membership without delay. We hope that the national steps still needed to make this decision will be taken rapidly within the next few days. Russia says it will keep American basketball player Brittany Griner in detention despite U.S. claims that her incarceration is illegal. Russian authorities are keeping Griner in jail for another 30 days and denied a house arrest request today. Russia says the WNBA star was caught red-handed smuggling hash oil and faces up to 10 years in prison. That statement says the charges against her are based on objective facts and accuses the U.S. State Department of politicizing the situation. Greiner is a WNBA player for the Phoenix Mercury and plays for a Russian team during her offseason. She was arrested at a Moscow airport in February and accused of smuggling narcotic substance. Supreme Court justices met Thursday for the first time since the bombshell leak of a draft opinion, showing the court's conservative majority is poised to overturn Roe v. Wade. The private conference is for the justices only. No staff or aides were allowed in the room. The meeting came as protests by abortion rights activists showed no signs of slowing down, with groups gathering outside the homes of Chief Justice John Roberts, Associate Justice Samuel Alito, and Associate Justice Brett Kavanaugh. 
The protests, while peaceful, have prompted Attorney General Merrick Garland, the nation's top law enforcement official, to direct additional support to ensure the safety of the nine judges. Following an internal investigation, Abbott Nutrition said it will resume production of Similac, Elementum, and Elicare baby formulas once the Food and Drug Administration gives the company the green light. Abbott halted production in February after Similac, Elementum, and Elicare products were recalled due to bacterial infections that led to two infant deaths. The FDA and Abbott launched investigations into the baby formula products, and Abbott said a a thorough review had been completed. There is no evidence to link our formulas to these infant illnesses, the company said. I got a, uh, like a sincere but potentially dumb question. Sure. Can you give a baby like cow's milk? <laughs> like milk? Uh, like after they turn a year, I think. Oh, yeah. like a really young baby's got a Not, either yeah, breast, really breast milk or formula. Yeah. Right. Okay, exactly. All right, well, answer my question. Thank Preferably you. breast milk because it provides antibodies for up to I, the first six I months. I went down a rabbit hole on this. There are a lot of women who are like, I, you know, women's bodies are different their milk production is yes. different and i just couldn't produce enough milk not, and we had not to, every woman can yeah. breastfeed sometimes and babies right. don't latch i found out also there was a whole there's a whole toxic thing that if you're a young mom or i don't know about young but if you're a mom of a young child and you don't breastfeed you mm-hmm. can get shamed by other like there are these real yeah. toxic karen moms that'll shame you yep. for not doing it enough i mean i'm i'm on that side of things you should breastfeed and if you don't you should definitely think about it more uh, because well, some people are saying it's not just a decision. Nico. Look, I worked, <laughs> I worked at Texas Tech right next to the breastfeeding clinic where they would have, uh, you know, women have to get classes, uh, take classes sometimes because they don't know how to get the baby to latch. And a lot of it's just information for the, the mother's parts. Joanna <laughs> is that the, they don't know enough. The day you start lactating, let me know how oh. that goes. All right. Uh, you're uh, two weeks too late. So <laughs> did you start lactating two weeks ago? I was crying from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you, you have antibodies in your in your body. Mother's antibodies can protect children for up to six months, and it's uh, it's important. Uh, where was I? Uh, offending Joanna last <laughs> I checked. Yeah, but when's the last time you breastfed Joanna? You don't have to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Penny and Junior were so no, thirsty. You know. <laughs> <laughs> The latest update from Abbott comes amid a national baby formula shortage that has only grown worse in the last three months. With an estimated 40% of formula brands out of stock at stores nationwide as as of April 24th. Stores like CVS and Walgreens also previously confirmed to Good Morning America that they were limiting formula purchases to three per customer due to the shortages. The White House announced Thursday, Thursday that they're boosting imports of formula and calling for the crackdown of formula price gouging and monitoring unfair market practices. Here's Jen Psaki. Got a call uh, about this. Okay. From, it looks like a oh, dude. Cool. So who, who better to tell us about breastfeeding? <laughs> Here's uh, Roll. Hi, hi, Roll. Hey, morning, guys. Hey. Um, Nico, please stop trying to add to the shaming of women for not breastfeeding. Yes, I'm, I'm coming as a dietitian. Yes, it is preferable because, yes, there are antibodies. However, Nico, everybody lives a different life. True. Don't add to it and shame women who choose, who one, choose not to breastfeed or two, simply cannot. Just like Joanna said, and right. said, there are different reasons for different women not being able to. 
and then it is also their choice. Right. Absolutely. But like you just said, it's preferable, right? To breastfeed. I know know that it is not possible for some women to do, but you you would agree it is preferable. Uh, Again, yes. I stated that, but you're also stating... That, or you're also trying to shame women. Who Not trying to shame. Who, I, I just say. Yes, yes, you do. You, I just say that it's important yes, to know the facts about why it's good to breastfeed and why you just said it yourself. It is preferable. Yes, but you're trying to add to the shaming of it by saying that every woman should. I didn't say every woman should. Yes, you did. I just but like, you're kind look, of throwing it out there that oh well he you just, need to take these classes you, to find out how I, to breastfeed. Well, I'm saying classes are great. A lot of women yeah, that don't and know. a lot of women take them, and you know, by you saying oh it's preferred into a woman that can't breastfeed, you're just kind of telling her. Look, well, you well, kinda it's not just me saying it's preferred. It's also the professional diet. knows it's preferred. I don't think everybody knows that, Joanna. I'm I, pretty sure every woman is told when she's going to have a baby. Hey, it's preferred if you breastfeed. There's so many great benefits to it, guys. We we have an incredible new sponsor, and I was just wondering when I was going to bring this up, and I, this is just the perfect uh, moment. All right. Uh, thank you, Earl. Thanks for thank uh, you, man. Paul, appreciate it. All right, the baby. I didn't get it. I didn't take it until Joanna started giving you a hard time that you were. I didn't get that you were shaming women. I don't think I am. <laughs> I did not say that every woman has to uh, breastfeed. All I said I just, was what the professional dietitian just said. Raul agreed. Yes, it, it's called being preferable. Uh, breastfeeding is the preference. For new mothers, mm, what if you said it with like an undertone of like you grow up suck as a mom? I didn't say that. I just said it's preferable. I just said it's preferable. What if a woman said, "Well, I'm a, an influencer and I rely on my boobs to be perky and I don't want them to get saggy, so that's why I'm not going to breastfeed." I mean, that's your personal choice, but it's also not. It happens. Yeah, but it's also probably not as good for the baby. Mind your own business. Well, <laughs> dietitians agree with me. Yeah, Buzz has nipples. Can you milk him, Nico? I can try. <laughs> All right. Next, the baby formula shortage is causing a rush to breast, breast milk banks. That's right. The Human Milk Bank Association of North America reports that nearly every major milk bank has had a spike. While premature and medically fragile babies get first dibs, other babies are also eligible. The shortage is the result of supply chain issues exacerbated by a major recall in February. Parents are struggling at times with formulas their children don't tolerate well. Think how awesome I might have been if I'd been breastfed as a baby. <laughs> I mean, consider my level of awesomeness right now, which I'm right. not saying is off the chart, but, you know, above average. You, but you, that was without being breastfed. You weren't breastfed. No, I was in an orphanage. They breastfeed you in an orphanage. Do you think, do you think that's why you like big boobs now? Like, that's why you're, you're really into, like, really big boobs? Because you never got to physically have them as a, as a baby? God, that that is like some intense psych. It sounds like psychobabble, but may, I mean, Buzz you, is like the more I think ro- about it. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I 
really do love big boobs. Did you even know there were human <laughs> milk banks? No. I'm sure we've talked about this before, Buzz. Yeah, be- I, I, I'm not all that surprised, I guess. Well, like like we were talking about, baby milk and especially breast milk is a commodity for a lot of women. Um, How and long is it good for? Can they store it long term or has I, it got to be used pretty it gets soon? To, it can be frozen. Frozen. And do you know why a lot of them were started? Because some women overproduce because mm-hmm. some women and some women cannot. So they create them these banks so that they can give to women who cannot hey, breastfeed. We got to take a break, but I, I got a serious question. Sure. This is something I've heard about, like Shakespeare even mentions... What is a wet nurse? When they say a wet nurse, is that like a woman who comes in and breastfeeds yes. in place of the mother? Then how are... Then she's... Usually she has... So she's got her own baby? Well, or usually she's had kids or is lactating. Yes. Women can lactate longer than the, they just have a kid. Like, they can lactate for years. I mean... Is that a, like a job? A wet nurse used to be a job. Yeah. Not anymore? No. Could it come I back? Mean, these women in these banks that have the breast milk banks, I guess they're kids. They Essentially, be right? A, a wet nurse. Well, a wet nurse, they didn't have like pumps back then, so you couldn't pump breast milk and store it. But so. in the olden days, is it a thing where maybe the high society mom didn't want to do it because, yes. oh, I don't want to do, do it. it so I've it. got a slave, possibly, yes. or a oh. servant. Who's yes. A do servant, it yes. Because uh, breastfeeding does a lot of things to, to the nipple, it extends the nipple, it, it hardens it, the skin gets you know rougher. So, yeah, you could see some women not wanting to do that. Okay. You want to talk more about this later? I don't know. I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not just thinking. I, like, I, liked it, I liked it when you were in the spotlight, but now I feel like it's going towards me, and I'd like to avoid that, so maybe we just take a break. And right. uh, we'll come back. Joey Medina is going to be here. we got the rest of the news. That's right. Did you say we got about halfway through the news? Yeah. Something like halfway. We'll yeah. come back and do the rest of the news right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo, corner of Dyer and Monroe. Just moments from Fort Bliss. Pumping Ink Tattoo. Find them on social media or at PumpingInkTattoo.com. We're going to get uh, back into the news. Nico's got a few more stories. Uh, Joey Medina is here, so Joey's Woo! in the building. Good morning, Joey. Good morning, good Great morning, to good see morning. You. One of the original Latin kings of comedy. That's right. That's right. I've been, Paul been, and George and Cheech. Cheech, yeah. And Alex. Alex Ramundo. I'm the least successful one. No, no, no. I think you edge out... Alex, at least. Alex, maybe, yeah. <laughs> at least. Uh, you know, and, and Paul was a legend already. I mean, Paul was a And Cheech, of course, yeah, was a legend. And, and George was really at on the cusp the, of right, it. Right. right. He was really hitting it, you know, the big time right about then. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're all doing well. You know, Paul had a heart attack a year or two or so right. ago. And George's he, show just got picked up for like a, by a network, I heard. Oh, really? What, yeah, what a, show? It's a. Uh, uh, I don't know, a scripted show. Oh, interesting. That's what I heard, but I don't know much more about that. Uh, and about you, you're still doing stuff with Paul. Rodriguez, yeah, yeah. Right? Paul and I still work. We're still doing Latin King tours or, you know, our own tours. And Paul, ever since his heart attack a couple years ago, has really, he's lost weight. He doesn't drink. He's like, he's... Really? He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's making a comeback as far as... Um, That's a real wake-up call for Yeah, people. absolutely. Yeah. And he... Um, and he's, you know, he's working all the time, and he's all brand new material. 
And uh, it's good to see Paul back, you know, kind of back doing what he should be doing. I I, I think I watched Latin Kings of Comedy uh, with my family, like in her living room. It was my grandparents, my parents, my brother, cousins, mm-hmm. uh, when I was 14. And I think you and Alex had some of the dirtiest jokes. <laughs> I remember yeah. that, that we were like, ah! But now I feel so cool and lucky that I get to say, I- I've worked with Joey Medina. We're friends. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. to call him a buddy. Yeah, yeah. And look at you doing radio now. You're a big radio star. Look at you. Yeah, right. Pissing people off about breastfeeding. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how? really hit the heights. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe he's shaming women like that. This is horrible. I hate women, apparently. <laughs> horrible. <clears throat> All right, Nico, oh, what else are we doing in All the right. news today? Almost done with the news. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack subpoenaed House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and four other Republican members of Congress on Thursday for testimony about events surrounding the Capitol riot and efforts to overturn the 2020 election. McCarthy and the other members, Representatives Jim Jordan of Ohio, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Mo Bricks of Alabama, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, had rejected the committee's voluntary request for cooperation in recent months. The subpoenas mark a drastic escalation in the committee's tactics and follow weeks of internal debate over whether to try to force Republicans to testify behind closed doors about their conversations with former President Donald Trump and their involvement in various parts of the effort to overturn the election and contest the certification of the results. Can we do that like if somebody said, hey, we need you to come in and testify about something, could we just be like, no, they wouldn't do that. No. Nope. I don't want to. No, you can't. You can't do that? Nope. I mean, you can. You just get in trouble. You Usually know. you get in contempt of court. You, there's contempt. Right. Yeah, but then what happens? Yeah, charges rack up. Eventually there yeah, might be. But are they going to go and arrest them? Eventually. should. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it should be. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, I don't understand. It's like, if they don't come in, they go, okay, let's think about it. Let's, let's talk. You know, let's it's, not just, about- it's not just politicians. It's not, not just Republican politicians. I think if you're rich enough, you can also be like, yeah, I don't have to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If you're a regular person... Oh, crud. You, the judge you, you wants to You don't get a choice yeah, if you're you a regular don't get a person. Choice, but if you can pay, yeah, it's kind of like an inequality. But I think it has as much to do. Well, in this case, it's position, power, and money. Yeah. But I think you can, get it, you can do it also like, just with money. I don't even have enough money to get out of traffic court. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, why can't I just do that? Yeah. But I still had to go to jury to go, duty. Well, I was all set to go, but I couldn't just be like, nah. I don't think no, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. Just wear your uh, Black Lives Matter shirt. They'll be, be like, oh, "That's okay, sir. Uh, we'll pass on you today." A nearly one billion dollar settlement in last year's shocking collapse of a Miami Beach area condo building was unexpectedly announced during a routine status conference in a Florida courtroom Wednesday afternoon. Biggest forgotten story of twenty was it twenty twenty one or twenty 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 one? Yep. That building just collapsed. Crazy. That's not supposed to happen in the United States. That's supposed to happen in third world countries. Right. Mm-hmm. Not the United States. And people died. Yeah. Lots, 90-something people, I think it was. Lawyers involved in the class action lawsuit representing tenants from the oceanfront building in Surfside announced a $997 million settlement. Upon the news, Miami-Dade Circuit Judge Michael Hansman said he was speechless because the amount awarded is far in excess of what I had anticipated. The settlement will cover families of those who died as well as survivors. The judge said he wants the whole settlement finalized by the one-year anniversary on June 24th. With it pay doesn't up. sound like that much to me. A billion dollars used to really sound like a lot of money, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, how do you measure the loss of entire right. families? Elon and, Musk has that in like in, in his in his cushions, right? 
Motions for preliminary approval will be due no longer than a week from Wednesday. Litigation stemming from the catastrophic collapse in June, which killed 98 people, had been moving slowly as the first anniversary approached. The victims killed ranged from young children to elder, elderly couples and included families, longtime Surfside residents, and tourists staying in the building. A fast-moving wildfire in Southern California that has destroyed approximately more than 20 homes grew to 200 acres as of Thursday morning. The coastal fire in the hills southeast of Laguna Beach has spread quickly due to a combination of extremely dry brush and winds gusting from 25 to 35 miles per hour. The first four months of 2022 were the driest start to a year in the state's history. A red flag warning has been issued from New Mexico to Nebraska where critical fire danger is forecast. Winds could gust to 65 miles per hour with bone dry conditions. Here's Fire Chief from Orange County, Chief Bryan. And one of the uh, homeowners barely escaped with his cat. Here's Sasan Darian. You see a lot of fires in, in L.A., uh, Joey? Oh, yeah. Really? People forget Los Angeles is a desert. Like, if Los Angeles was untouched, especially when you go through, like, Beverly Hills or Bel Air and you see all these lush gardens and everything, it's like, yeah, that's that's just all water coming in from other places. Well, and I think they have water problems, too, right now. I think there's a lot of drought going on yeah, in Southern definitely. California. You know, comedians have to do dry humor now. It's hard. <laughs> that's, how, that's how bad the drought is. <laughs> All right. Finally, judges in England have ruled that using the word bald to describe someone is a form of discrimination. Oh, my God. The three-judge panel heard the case of an electrician who was fired last year after almost 24 years on the job, claiming he was a victim of sexual harassment. It seems a factory supervisor got into an argument with this guy and ended up calling him bald, which, of course, he was. See, and bald is. is one thing, but it's usually the word that follows it. Like, you bald moron or you right. bald, bald creep. I agree. Bald almost seems like it's a statement of fact, of fact right? right? That's an obvious thing you could see. Well, right. the judges said that calling him bald crossed the line. Wait, was it sexual harassment because the supervisor was a woman or it just, like, everything's just sexual harassment if somebody gets their feelings hurt? I think that one, yeah. <laughs> you think that's yeah, what that it is? is? Will Smith slapped him. <laughs> so, keep his bald fit name out of your mouth. Uh, the judges said calling him bald crossed the line was a form of prejudice because more guys are bald than women. This pretty much means commenting on a man's baldness at work is about the same as remarking on the size of a woman's breasts. <laughs> well, apparently women get bald, too, and I really didn't know that until a couple months ago. <laughs> and apparently some women have hair on their breasts, so there you go. Isn't it weird how the world just comes around? <laughs> well, the guy ended up winning this case, and he's going to be compensated. Oh, God. I, I, Enough I hate... to get plugs? <laughs> <laughs> He's no longer just a, a client. He's also the president. He's also the president yes. of Bosley's. <laughs> and with the news, I'm Nico. I, I feel like we need to talk to somebody who this impacts, Nico. Do you feel like if yeah. somebody makes if a comment about If you say one word about me. Being bald. I will sue you. <laughs> for sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sexual because men get uh, are bald, bald more, more often than, than women. women. So it's like commenting on women's breasts. Although guys get breasts too. I don't know. I stare at your bald head all the time and you never say, "Hey, my eyes are down here." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it's a perfect uh, analogy or not. Well, maybe I'll start. All right. Thank you, Nico. Uh Joey Medina's here. We're going to come back. We're really going to start talking about Joey's 
film career, it turns out Joey Medina, the famous Latin king of comedy, is a really, really skilled filmmaker. Writer. Director. Uh, director. Do you do the editing on your, your work, too? Some of it, yeah. Um, and uh, he's starting to do boxing lessons for comedians after the Willow Smith's life. <laughs> <That's laughs> right. Because yeah, he's a former people. boxer. I don't know. W- w- champion boxer, right? Arizona lightweight champion. Yeah. I'm more of a heavyweight right now, but yeah. So <laughs> he's giving his lessons after this. I don't, I don't think any lesson would have helped Chris Rock because it wasn't until the uh, hand was on the face that he thought he that it, it was, was happening. Com- right. yeah. It's like there's no way he expected that was coming. Yeah, but it could have helped Dave Chappelle. Could have helped Dave Chappelle. Yes. Actually, Dave Chappelle did a good job. I, did he go down? Yeah, he went down briefly, but he w- really was in a good fighting position against that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he could have got some good licks in. I'm kind of wondering how you would have handled that, Joey. The Will Smith or the no other the uh, the other guy like a random. Have you ever had some crazy yeah. stuff go on? Really, yeah, I had a but but people jumped in and and, and stopped, stopped it before it's yeah. happening. But like but the funny thing is, once I see him coming, I'm like, one twice it's it's happened. The first time I grabbed the the mic stand, I was just ready to shove it right in their his face. Yeah, right, like right. a spear. Yeah, yeah, bang, just right in the face. And then um, the other one, I was just going to hit, but people just broke it up all the time. You know, so. But, like, I, I don't worry about it. I mean, I worry about it if the guy's got a gun, a knife, a bottle or something. Then I'm like, okay, it's not going to be good. But if the guy's just coming. This guy did. The the guy who had who uh, tackled Dave Chappelle had a, they thought it was a gun and a knife. It turned out to be a knife that was looked yeah. like a gun. Yeah. I've right. seen those for sale in truck stops. I don't yeah, know yeah. why you would ever want. You know what? I want the guy to think I've got a gun. Right. He's really yeah, just a knife. This knife. That way, if he's got a gun, it gives him a chance to pull his gun, and then I'm like, oh, I brought a knife to a gunfight. Yep, yep. Well, why would you do that? It's it's The guy was just or I wanted mentally I, just crazy. Yeah. Right. Tell. He was just nuts. I, I think a thing that looks like a gun, but then it flips out, it's just a knife, is an insane product. Yeah. yeah for anybody to make that to begin with. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Joey Medina's here. You can see him all this weekend at the El Paso Comic Strip. We're going to ca- come back talk about movies. Going to talk about his movies and projects and a whole lot more with Joey Medina right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo. Just moments from Fort Bliss at the corner of Dyer and Monroe. Find them on social media or PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. Did we see you since the the whole pandemic thing started, no. Joey? Yeah, no. right. I think you came in one time and I was out that yeah, yeah, week, yeah. like on vacation, or mm-hmm. maybe it was close to a holiday or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I haven't seen you in a couple. Of, you look great. Thank you, brother. You too, man. It's oh, good. It's good to see. It. It's always good to come here. I can't wait. I, it, you know, it's like seeing your old friend again, and and it's and it's good. And Nico's here now. Look yeah. at that. It's you awesome. Know, you look like you lost weight, though. Buzz does not look like he's lost weight, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he has. I, I don't even. Good. I don't even know if it's a weight thing. You just look. Thank you, Healthy. thank you. No, like, but I have I, lost yeah, weight. I've right. lost like 30 pounds, man. Wow. And, uh, you know, sometimes you see somebody and you're like, that's the first thing you notice is, oh, you look better because you lost weight. You no, just look I, generally vibrant. Well, thank yeah. you. Right thank younger. You. Well, you know, I, I breastfeed. And uh, <laughs> so that's how I still do it. You know, this middle age of mine. And it just works. <laughs> no, it's, uh, man, you know what? I lost weight because I caught, last time I was here, glad you guys didn't see me because last time I was here is when I caught COVID. Ooh. I caught COVID in El Paso last the end of March. 
I think it was. Did it hit you pretty hard? Oh yeah, for three weeks, man. I was, and this is true. Like I, I joke, I do talk about it in my act, but I really did start to leak things from my phone because I thought I was going to die. So I'm like, like I, I, I don't want sick. somebody to find this. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> did sick you end for, up in the hospital? No, no, uh, but because because you know why? Because I purposely tried not to. I tr- I, I spoke to doctors. I talked to doctors. I did everything, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, you sorry, we can't really do anything. You just have to get sick enough to go to the hospital." I'm like, "No, I don't want to go to the hospital." So I would I I. I did everything you could do to, to try to, you know, with vitamins, with food. I spoke to a doctor. Horse dewormer. Who, she gave me some of that. <laughs> did she really? Yes, and guess what? It worked. Yeah? yeah well, I'll well give you, you didn't die. I didn't die. But <laughs> and three days later, I got better. But that's when I started getting better. But this is the thing. This is the problem with that. People, when they hear about that, they take they were taking the actual horse ones. Because there's some that are made for humans and some made for uh, for animals. Right. And what people were doing was they weren't getting they weren't getting prescriptions for the, the oh. human one. They were getting they were just going to the you know, the farm store or whatever. You, getting whatever. a horse dosage. Yeah, yeah, a horse dosage, and that's why they were getting sick and it wasn't working. Joey, have you ever heard the story about how I got in trouble for uh ma- Taking an- medicine that was meant for animals, and I no. took it myself. Did you really? Did, what happened? Did you, did you get sick, or he took? I broke my not, leg. He didn't take. <laughs> he didn't take horse dewormer, but he did take dog pills, like <laughs> sedatives for dogs. <laughs> did it work? I was out of my like. I I got Lunesta, which you're supposed uh-huh. to take and it helps you doze off. Right, right, I right. work weird hours and uh-huh, stuff. Yeah. So I was out of it, and it wasn't set to refill for another five days right and i had just gotten back from vegas and so i was tired but couldn't get to sleep and then i had to work early the next morning uh-huh. so i'm just looking to see if there's anything you know is there an ambient left right, from right, some right. other and i come across uh like it was a, a sedative for your dogs you give uh-huh. it to your dogs if you're going to travel and it right, calls right. them out so they're not all freaked out I'm well like, that doesn't seem like it's too bad it doesn't right. so i'm thinking all right i got german shepherds so it's like I probably weigh four, five times as much as this German Shepherd, uh-huh. so I'll just take like three times the dose. <laughs> but that is not at all yeah. how it works. No, like it's completely not. different. So I ended up, I'm, I'm, I get up, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like this. The the whole world is spinning. Right. And at some point, I'm not even walking, but my legs collapse, kind of like a controlled building collapse, oh, and it just... Wow. My so my I'm, and it's really stupid. I'm not proud of it at all. I'm, li- I'm living at the house, and I'm on the patio uh-huh. outside, uh, working and smoking my cigarette, and then on the, the glass door, I just hear scratching. <laughs> Please help! <laughs> Please help. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I honestly didn't know what was wrong with it, but he, it turned out he had torn all the ligaments in the top of his foot. Oh my it was God, so, so weird that I was just, I mean, right. I had to pick him up. It could have been a room. Lot, it could have been a lot worse. I Did guess. you rub his tummy? Because that's, you know, that's I didn't want him to leave. I was like, the whole dog thing. I didn't want him to leave the room because like, I was so leave. worried about Stay right here <laughs> in case something happens. And I was like, I'll check in. And be like, <laughs> How long did it last? The whole night. I was slept all night. Then I woke up and in pain. Yeah, I looked at my ankle and was like, "Oh, I really should not have done that." Oh, so don't oh. do it. <laughs> don't yeah. take don't take medicine that's made for animals. No, D- uh, don't get into that position where you feel like you're that desperate to do right, it. Right, but I was getting desperate. I'm man, glad it worked for sick. you though. Because what I mean, it sounds like she gave you like the human. Yeah, it was the human exactly. Because I went to the pharmacy and got a prescription. It was Ivermectin, expensive, right? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, good. They gave it to me, so it's okay. And then, um, 
But the thing was, she was from Arizona. So I talked to her on the phone. She said, okay, you got to do this. You got to drink those like those drinks, those protein drinks. Because right. you need protein for the medicine to cling into the virus. Like She was like really scientific about everything. And I'm like, she doesn't sound like a kook. I love it. And even if she is, I'm going to take a chance. <laughs> I go, because I'm going to die one way or another. So I, I, I want to die at least trying, right? right. And and then yeah, three days later, man, I got better. I was I, I started feeling better. So it, for three weeks, man, I was pretty bad. I was I was uh, man, I was, that's rough. And and any long term effect? No, thank the- God. Because what I did was I I did breathing exercises. You know, I, every time I felt like I was, I was going to fall asleep, I walked. I walked my dog. I I I, I stayed awake. You know, okay. I, I kept on everything that people were doing. Like they would sleep on their backs, and then they would get pneumonia. So I would sleep on my stomach. I would do everything the opposite of what pe- how people were getting sick. Interesting. And um, and and I just kept on doing it. I was doing those breathing exercises. But one day, the, the weirdest thing that happened was one day, I'm, I, I I fall asleep in the living room watching television. I wake up. And I don't recognize anything. I don't know what it is. I don't, not that I don't recognize where I was. Not only that, I didn't recognize what things were. I didn't know what the TV was. You didn't know what, what the word that? for it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I'm looking at a TV and I don't know what it is. Wow. And I'm, I'm, there's, I have, next to my TV, I have these two big plant things. I didn't know what they were. And I'm looking around in my, the, my, my living room and I didn't know where I was and I didn't, like I, oh, it was literally freaky. like someone like a like a UFO brought you up there up to their ship and you're looking around going I don't know what these things are like I've never seen this before. When did you realize where you were in all those? Things? It, it took about three or four minutes. Wow! And, and it, I got really scared when I realized it, and I'm like, okay, because for a second there I thought I died and I'm out of my body. That's what I thought it was happening. And then I went I went to my room. I fell asleep. I went to sleep and I prayed hard. I'm like, let me wake up tomorrow, please. God, let me wake up, you know? And, and it was just, it wasn't fun, man. It was having COVID is a weird sick. It was, it wasn't like just a flu or it's not that because your brain is still there. When you have COVID, your brain is screwed, man. Like you, you're thinking different. You're, mm. Everything's weird. Everything's slow motion. Joanna had um, COVID. Yeah. Our producer, did Joanna. He, what, did yeah. she have it bad? Did you have it bad, Joanna? It was like a real bad week. For oh, me. okay. But, but the, I think but, but I I did the same thing. I was up at night like in my phone like please take care of my cats <laughs> if I die. You're de- deleting all those uh pictures that I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> but did the, you ever have trouble recognizing what like Joey's saying he didn't know what things were? Did you ever experience that? I had a lot of brain fog. Yeah, brain I, fog. And I thought yeah. I had a lot of times I thought I was dreaming, but it was actually happening. Or I thought something was happening, but I was actually dreaming. Yeah, it's kind of that weird state, man. Mm-hmm. It's a weird... And everything... See, I didn't lose scent, my, my scent or my mm-hmm. taste, but everything smelled and tasted the same. And it tastes, it was like a medicine or something. Oh, okay. You could taste things, but the ta- it all tasted. Everything tastes the same. Everything smelled the same. It smelled Joanna almost like. Joanna lost. She didn't get hers back. For, do you a still have it all months, back? It's not fully back, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, my, I, mine just, everything was, it, it tastes like, I don't know, hand sanitizer. Everything was like medicine so weird. Medicine-y. It affects everybody just, just a little differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know people healthy, you know, I was hearing about people who were completely healthy. They were athletes, right? 
dying. Then I heard of people who were who all screwed up or oxygen tanks and they were living. Right. So it, it, you never know, man. And I just did not want to be one of these people like, oh, I'll risk it. It's okay. I'll take care of it. The odds. The odds, odds. Nah, I'm That's good. what made me really upset when Joe Rogan would come out and he said, oh, if you're young and healthy, you don't need to be vaccinated because you can be, yeah, you're, you, you're going to be healthy and have a good immune system. Well, it turns out it doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't matter. And, 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 and yeah, I guess maybe scientifically, yeah, it, it's the odds are better in your favor, right? You if might you're healthy. Have a better immune system. Yeah, but, but there were people a lot but, healthier than me that died, like Broadway actors, yeah, yeah, different yeah. athletes, like you're saying. It's like it was not this thing where it's like you're definitely in the clear. Yeah, it's not. And it's and it's still not that way. I mean, now, you know, like I've got every I got all four. Right. Like I got my first two, I got the booster, and I got the, the second other booster. booster. Okay. And there's a third booster, I'm gonna get that too. It doesn't matter because right. I travel so much. Right. You know, nowadays nobody's really wearing a mask anyway. And um and that's cool, but I just want to protect myself as much as possible. And it's like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Because I did not like the the closest I've ever felt like I was going to die was when I had COVID. Really? That's the truth, yeah. And that was scary, man. Yeah. I made a list. I had phone numbers and, and bank account things and credit card. And credit card's not so much. Like, screw them, right? Yeah, right. Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to, to so like the, the, like, last, the one luck. thing you don't have to worry yeah, about. Yeah, they shouldn't have gave you a card. It's their fault. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> You know, but um, sorry, Finger Hut. And, um, but, uh, that's right. I'm still paying for those towels I bought in 19, 1996. But um, hey, well, you know, it's one penny a month. But um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So it, it it was just really scary, and I really did delete. So and, and I had some good stuff there. Like I had a I videotaped a threesome I had for my birthday once. Wow. And and I and, and I and I edited because I, I had no. This is a true story. I had three cameras. Like I had a GoPro and I had a, and and I did like a real production of it, man. And I was so proud of this threesome. It was a really good one. And um yeah, and I got rid of it, man. I was, I was like, eh, well, what are you gonna do? At least night, I, you couldn't back it up like on one of those fake calculators or something. No, no, that's, that's where I had it. Oh, you but did. The, you had yeah. it on the fake calculator. But, but the thing was, I got rid of everything because I just in case, you he know. Thought, and he it, thought he was going to die. Yeah, and I wanted good karma. I wanted to leave this <laughs> earth, you know, with with no re- regrets right. or no no worried things. And then when I got better, I'm like, oh, I should, probably shouldn't have done Should've that. Done that. <laughs> all the effort. But one I think time. it's like everybody who who's going to die. They're like, God, if you get me through this, I, I will never do this again. I'll never do that. And then later on, they're like, Yeah, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> what would you have called that video? What was the what was the name of your? It was uh, blowing out the candles, <laughs> <laughs> starring Joey Medina. Two girls, one Latin key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that title better. <laughs> um, we're gonna find out about movies you're making, uh, short films mm-hmm. that are getting war- awards and stuff, yes. and you know, y- you think. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, getting an Academy Award or at least nominated. Now, one, uh, all I want is a nomination. I'm fine. Yeah, I um, follow Joey on uh, socials a lot. And, and can uh, you imagine? Have you ever heard like I would use that like if I were a comedian, if I'd got a nominated Academy Award nominee, uh, yes, like yes. I would make sure that every club knew. Put that in your every commercial. host better get right. that right. You better get that right. Now people, what's your usually when people say what are your credits? I'm like, yeah, whatever, but not be Academy Award nominee. Just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. More with Joey Medina coming up. We got another full hour. I've got uh, Scorpions tickets that we haven't given away yet today, so we got to remember to do that. Uh, they go on sale in an hour at 10 a.m. this morning. So Scorpions and White Snake are coming to the Don Haskins Center September 19th. And we'll have some tickets for that. Don't forget, Joey Medina is at the comic strip tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday, Joey. Yes, sir. Sunday yes, sir. show. Okay. Two so, shows tonight. No, one show tonight, two tomorrow, right? Two tomorrow and, and uh, one third Sunday. 
All right. Uh, let's take a break. More with Joey Medina on the way. More of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is coming up right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Medina is here along with Paul Rodriguez, Cheech Marin, uh, George Lopez, and Alex Ramundo. Uh, Joey is one of the original Latin kings of comedy. And uh, he's at the El Paso Comic Strip tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Two shows on Saturday night, by the way. I think you got a. Did you? Is your microphone on, Joey? No, it is. There we go. And you really had a lot to great to say about your opener. Is it the first time you've worked with your not your opener, your feature? Yeah, she's uh, her name is Luz Basos, and uh, I've worked with her in the past in L.A., but this is the first time on the road, and um, I'm really picky on who I take on the road with me. Right. Um, and she's hilarious. She's gotten better and better, and she really wants to be a kind. Of, you know, she's a kind of comic. I remember we were having a discussion, and she's like. She'll she'll go up to a she'll drive anywhere to do a gig. She'll, she'll fly anywhere. She she works really right. hard because she she wants to she's do a it. true comic yeah. and uh, she killed it yesterday. I mean, I, I was watching her and uh, we had a, you know it was a small intimate crowd and she rocked it and she she always rocks it. She's a great comic. So you're gonna see me and uh, you're gonna see uh, a, a comic who I I predict and she's hot. She's gorgeous. She's a pretty <laughs> pretty really pretty comedian. But um, yeah, so you guys are gonna see somebody who I think is gonna be a big star soon. So there you go. The good, the bad, and the ugly, huh? That's right. <laughs> I think I know which one I am. <laughs> well, you're not bad, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, man, but, it, but, it's, but it's all good. You know, and the, again, the, the comic strip, I can't, and I'm not patronizing, I can't say enough good things about the comic strip and Bart Reed, who, who owns it. Nicest guy in the world. He's got a great green room now that he didn't have before in right. the room. I like that. That's nice, and it's perfect. And uh, it's, it's my favorite comedy club. It's the first... I've been doing comedy over 30 years, around 30 years, and the comic strip is the first comedy club I ever went on the road to. And, is that uh, right? Yeah, it was great. I, I, so many... have The first time I ever got a tattoo, you guys are talking about... You have a tattoo sponsor. Yeah. My fir first tattoo, my only tattoo, was here in El Paso. Some really? people who were at the audience. Yeah, it was like 100 years ago. That's why it's faded. And... Um, but the first threesome I ever had was here in El Paso <laughs> on the road. And um, well, I'll never forget that. I had more than special one. special memories. The here. first one was always you know, the, the one that, you know, in my heart. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and uh, it was great, man. El Paso's always been great. I tell people, El Paso is not Texas. El Paso is its own country, its own, yeah, its it's own vibe. Mexico. It's, it's not it, Mexico. Because like, when you go to Dallas, people say, oh, it's basically Mexico. No, it's like, not. It's kind of. <laughs> but oh, yeah. it's not Mexico. Yeah, right. You go to Walmart. Walmart Mexico. is Mexico. <laughs> it's not Texas. Right. It's its own. It's its thing. own world, man. It really is, and it's just got this good vibe. There's, it's it. People so like cool, to man. have fun. People like to party. There's, and we're lucky to have a club. The quality of yes, we're very lucky to have. Yeah, I mean, big names come to the club. Yep. You know what I mean? Big names perform perform in the city, and it's uh, and it's really good. I just saw I, I just saw the the Liam Neeson movie Memory, supposed to takes place in uh, El Paso, and that was cool. And uh, oh, yeah. you could t the, the the highway and stuff was El Paso, but I don't think the rest was. Oh, and then there's like a SWAT team thing, and there's like I don't think El Paso has that many SWAT team members. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe like three guys. And I don't know. But I'm just kidding. But uh, but but yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I really do love El Paso. Anytime I have a chance to come here and work here, I'm like done. Let's do it. And then you know, I get to hang out with you guys, so it's fun. 
Let's talk about uh, some of the movies you're making. Nico was uh, asking you all about mm-hmm. Beautiful Violence, right. which is a short film, like under 10 minutes, I think. Yes. You yeah. made... No, no, it's actually Beautiful Violence is 12 minutes and okay. 38 seconds. All right, but right in there yeah. in that yeah, short yeah, yeah. film category uh-huh. range. And it's won so many awards. Doing... 80. The 80 awards. Tell us about Beautiful Violence. Yesterday just won... Uh... Well, today I woke up and I, and I saw the email. It was uh, I won two two more awards, and um, it's it's really good. It's a it's a great movie. It actually, when I it all came up because of COVID and because of the you know the isolation thing. I had another movie I was going to shoot with a bunch of other people. It had to do with a transgender drag queen and and all this other stuff. So I had to put that on the shelf because obviously we couldn't you know shoot anymore. Right. And then um, I was getting bored. I'm like, I want to do something. I want to shoot something. So I said, let me shoot something with two actors in one location. That I could probably get away with, sure. which which I did. And uh, so I wrote this story about, the basically the story is about this white businessman who has cancer. He's going to die. All my movies, everybody's going to die with cancer. <laughs> but I um, um, hope I'm not jinxing myself. But um, <laughs> he, uh, he finds out he's going to die. And his life insurance pays double if he's killed in a homicide. So he doesn't tell his family or anything. He hires somebody to kill him. The person doesn't show up. So out of desperation, he's driving around. He's determined he's going to die that night. He drives by an alley, and he sees a drug deal going by. He pulls over. He's looking. And when the drug dealer's alone, he he, he walks up to him. The drug dealer's African-American. He walks up to him and calls him the N-word. The drug dealer's he's trying you? to provoke yes, him. Yes, yes. Kill him. He, oh, exactly. God. And he's like, what? What you saying? You know, he goes, you heard me. And the drug, and drug dealer doesn't doesn't take the, you know, he yells at them, curses them, and then walks away, and he keeps pushing it, keeps pushing it, keeps calling him that, keeps calling him that. Because he's trying to get this guy to kill yes. him. So he's thinking this guy's probably got a gun, right? So the, the drug dealer ends up just beating the living ha- hell out of this guy. He's to a pulp. He's on the ground. The drug dealer's hands are broken. He's He lays on the ground. They sit there next to each other, leaning against this wall in this alley, and they get to know each other. And he's like, what are you doing? He goes, man, you know, my, he t- explains to him his family, but it's, you know, he wants to, he goes, oh, you're trying to do suicide by N-word, right? He goes, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I didn't know. And then he, sh- the, the white guy's family is black. His wife is black. His children are black. He's not racist. He's just thought he had this weird, horrible idea in his mind. And uh, thought, Should I say at this, this point, uh, spoilers? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, so I'm going to do spoilers. <laughs> That's okay. I don't care. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, after 80 awards, it's all good. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, they really get to know each other. Like, you ever see that movie back in the day with Lou Gossett Jr. called Enemy Minds? Oh, right. Enemy Mind with Dennis yeah. Quaid. And, and it's and on I, an alien planet. Yeah, and I love that movie. And that, when I was writing this, that got in my mind a little bit. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of like that. Where at the end, because basically, this is what the whole story is about. This People say, what's the lesson of the story? The lesson is this. People aren't what they seem to be. Both these guys weren't what they seemed to be. Matter of fact, like the the drug dealer guy, his he has a son with cerebral palsy. He's just he's a college graduate. He just can't get a good job. He's got medical bills. He's trying to take care of his family, and this white guy is just trying to take care of his family. And they they get to know each other. And about a beam, I'm not going to tell you what the ending is. Uh, so okay. I'm a total spoiler alert. Right. But uh, it's it's yeah. So it's it's so it did really good. I know it's funny when when I when we really quick when when we were shooting it, I, I looked at my D, my DP, my director of photography, and I go. I think we're going to win something. Really? <laughs> yeah, Even we, then, 80, wow. 80, 80 awards later, we won 80 awards. Well, you know? not just not just the way it's shot. It looks really good. I've seen the the stills, at least. I haven't seen the whole uh, short film. But uh, the is it shot in black and white? No, no. It's shot... Uh, we shot it with two... Uh, 
two really great cameras, cinematic cameras, um, called Black Magic cameras, and um, it's it's it, we colorized it, okay. but it's not it's not black and white. The actors won awards too. Yeah, yeah the, every, we won every kind of so, category you could think of. Because these guys are, are comedians, really good, yeah, and they're comedians. Bill Dodds is is there? It is, yeah. That's the trailer. So Bill Dodds is a real actor as well. He's been on Broadway. He's um, he's a really good actor. Eric Blake. He oh, plays a Eric drug dealer, Blake. is not an actor, but killed it in the audition, and I gave him the part, and uh, you know, history is made. He's he's he he blew it up. He he won tons. They both won awards by themselves, and they won. They both won awards as a as a duo. I think that's so cool, man. Yeah, yeah. When you can and put together something collaboratively, which stand up is not very collaborative. Right? No, not at Sorry, all. Sorry, my bad. Um, were you nope. introducing nope. something? No, I was. I, <laughs> no, it's coming up, but I didn't mean for it to interrupt what we were talking yeah. about. Are you doing a project with Paul Rodriguez? Yeah. My next project is uh, right now. The ten, uh, the temporary title is Buddy in the Man. It's about a Vietnam veteran who's got cancer, and uh, <laughs> but there's there's a there's a there's a medicine that could take care of it. There's you know that could probably fix it or cure him. But he doesn't want to take it. He's done. His wife has passed away. He's he's a Vietnam vet. He's got. He's already had experimental medicine. You know, during Vietnam, he doesn't. He doesn't want it. But his daughter convinces him to uh, adopt an, a dog. So Aww. he's at the pound. He's like, Nah, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. So as he's leaving, he sees his little dog in the corner. Um, you know, just shriveled up and old and doesn't look w- well. And he he stops. He's like, he asks the guy, What's what's up with this dog? And he and he's like, oh, he's going to be euthanized. But the the tech didn't come in today. And he asked, he's like, is he sick? He goes, no, no. He went to pick up his mother. He goes, no, stupid. The dog is the dog sick. <laughs> and he's he's like, he's like, oh no, he's just old. Old. He goes, I'm old. Well, he's going to put me down too. And then he, just, he goes, okay, I want that one. He decides to save that dog. Aww. And then he he finds out who the, uh, the owner was because the dog had a chip. The original owner was. He scolds them. He. He, you know, tries to give this dog the best life he can while the dog is still alive and while he's alive. And uh, he does. He, he, the dog gets lively again. But unfortunately, uh, there's a sad ending. The dog passes away. But the, but the guy, um, he ends up, the next scene, he ends up taking the chemotherapy. So he wants to live now. Because he, originally he was going to live maybe about 11 to 12 months. And then after that, we see him like three years later back at the pound and he's talking to the girl as he's checking out with another dog. And she's like, Mr. Ramirez, um, you know, you always, this is like the sixth time you've been here in three years. You know, you always get these old dogs and nobody wants that are going to put down. Why do you do that? And he goes, because I made a promise to a friend. Oh, ah, yeah. Right. And so that's the dog. Paul's going to play. The- Paul's going to play the Vietnam vet. The voice of the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Have you cast the dog? What do you know? What kind of dog? Uh, no, I, I just uh, I'm actually in the middle of casting the dog now. Not in the middle, in the beginning of it. And um, it, I don't know if it's going to be male, female. I don't know. What, I wanted the dog to be a medium size to a large dog, and uh, and that's it. And they just have to give. They have to do the the behaviors and the you know and the not the tricks. I can see but Paul the, with a little Chihuahua, right? Buzz. He actually owns like two or three Chihuahuas, <laughs> but but uh, no, I don't want the dog to be a Chihuahua. I want yeah. the dog. You you feel be- worse for a big dog, right? You know when big dog goes. Yeah, away. like if you got a hundred and fifty pound animal. That's, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's a, a that's, that's an extremely ancient, big yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and uh, so so it's and the reason I'm doing this is because I want to be nominated for an Oscar, and I and I am I have no shame in my game. I'm this is why I'm doing it, and 
because it, for me to be nominated for an Oscar for for features, making a feature is a whole different animal. It's right. just, actually it's the exact same thing as making a short, except it's just a lot more expensive. Like I, you know, the um, beautiful violence. I literally put it in the can for a thousand dollars. I think I spent another thousand in post production, and a few thousand on in, on film festivals. That's the, that was my most getting most him of my into pay. film festivals yeah, was, where most of the was most of my money. Were, right. But the movie I put it in the can for a thousand. But to put a feature film in the can, it's, it costs it a hell of a lot more money. But the process is still the same. Process is exactly the same. It, so making a short film is not anything what, bad. It's what just made the successful easy. stand-up comedian uh-huh. want to start writing movies? Well, you know the movies. funny thing is, COVID? I got into I I got COVID. Oh, yeah. He was doing it before no, COVID. I was doing it before yeah. I I got into this before COVID. I got into this before comedy. I went to school when I was eighteen. I went to school for television production. Wow! And I wanted to make films. I made a f- set when I was seven years. No, I'm sorry. When I was um when I was in seventh grade, I made a Super Eight. Uh, film uh, movie with uh, stolen equipment that my my gym my my <laughs> shop teacher sold me in junior high school. He's and, the one uh, that stole it. Yeah, he's well. I guess it, it all said Board of Education on it, <laughs> and I paid I paid fifty bucks. I got a projector, a camera, and a and a screen, a pull up screen for fifty bucks. <laughs> so what do you think, right? And, um, but uh, I always wanted to do that. But then I became a boxer. I got into boxing, and that became my focus. And then. When I had my own radio show in LA, right, right, uh, there was a, there was a, we had a thing called um, Mexican Idol. It was like American Idol with all bands, but um, the band that won, it was a, a, a girl group, a three, three girls. They were called uh, um, Come Correct or something. I don't know what they were, what it was called. But um, I decided to go. You know what? I want to direct their music video, oh. and so I, I paid for it myself. I directed their music video. And that's when I'm like, I gotta keep directing. You man. just I love, love that. directing, yeah. But before that, even when I first became a comedian, I uh, I directed a movie. I wrote a movie, produced a movie, directed a movie called El Matador. Gabriel Iglesias' first movie ever was that. Um, Felipe Esparza is in that movie. Paul Rodriguez is in that movie. Alex Raimundo's in that movie. Emilio Rivera from um, from uh, Sons of Anarchy is in that. Um, a bunch of comics. Wow. Martin uh, Martin Moreno's in that. Is um, it feature length? Yeah, it's feature yeah. length. It's, and I won awards. I won that movie won best picture, best director, and um, and it, but it's horrible. You can find it on YouTube. It's not a good movie. No, no, it's a good movie if you're high. It's <laughs> a good, oh. What I mean, it's horrible. Is is, is it was very low budget. I did it with fifteen thousand dollars. It was shot on film too, and um, it's just technically it's bad, but it's but it's really. Fun and stupid. Like if if you're especially if you're high, it's on YouTube. It's called El Matador. You put my name El Matador, you'll see it, and uh, you'll see Gabriel Glesia's first movie. You'll see Felipe Esparza in it, Paul Rodriguez, Alex Raimundo, all myself. Martin. I'm in it as well. Martin's in it. Also, um, uh, oh god, uh, god. Uh, anyway, Comic? yeah, a whole bunch of people in it. I've got like 14 midgets in the movie. Um, <laughs> I've got, uh, yeah, it's it's just weird. It's just a, a do you fun have movie. A, do you have favorite directors? Are there any yeah. directors that you really like? I love a lot of directors. I'm, I, oh, I'll i be honest. I, I look at directors the same way I look at comedians. I love them all because they're all different. Right. They all have uh, something different. Even if they're all horrible, there's that one thing they do really well. But as far as generally, I, I love Quentin Tarantino. I love uh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. I love, um, you know, uh, 
the all the big directors, just like I love all the big comics. But I'm a big a lot of, David Fincher fan. So. I love David yeah, Fincher. David Fincher. Uh, um, really also, the God, um, is it Larry Clark? Is he's weird, but I love Larry Clark. Um, there's a there's a lot of good directors that that I love, and directing pa- directing is is painting is just you're doing it with images and stuff you know so like i've done oh i just won uh, i have my own sitcom called man of a funny age and that's also online you can see that for free and i just won my first award for that uh yesterday oh congratulations so, man. so that was cool are there any actors that anytime they're, they're going to be in a movie you're going to go see it just because you like them liam neeson i love liam neeson yeah. I'm, i yeah i i got I got a man crush on him. I think he's awesome. And um, he's just, all you. when you see his movie, you know what he's, you, sometimes he's going to get hurt. Right. He's got special skills, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. He's going to get his revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now he's, they've started introducing age-related uh, illnesses, <laughs> disabilities. Yeah. Like, like, I think he's got Alzheimer's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, in the movie one. memory. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie, too. I really enjoy it. He, there's another movie with him out now, too. And I'm going to watch that probably today or tomorrow. But um, It's called Remembering. Ice Road? Yeah, is it <laughs> Ice Road? Because I just was watching that on... No, no, it's Netflix. Or I'm something. not sure. It was something. No, no, it's actually and it's real the bad. Joey, would you agree with this <laughs> sentiment? I've been told before because I, I was uh, telling somebody I'm not really a writer for certain things. I'm not really a director. I would, I'm not into that. Uh-huh. And the, the person was. Told, it was another comic. They said, "Well, when you do your standup, you know you're directing yourself on stage." I was like, "Well, I guess so." And they're like, well, you, "They know you, you know you're writing for yourself on stage. You're also blocking for yourself on stage." Yeah. Uh, essentially, you're direct. You're, you're doing all those things, but just for yourself. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would think think so. Because, like, for instance, I didn't know what I never wanted to be a producer, right? right. I'm like, oh, that's that sounds boring. And then when I did my first movie, El Matador, as I'm doing the credits, I'm like, oh snap, I was the producer. I get to put producer on this. I show. was producer. Okay, yeah. I know what producer is now. And you know, when when you guys when you watch movies or television, you see all kinds of producers. This person producer, that person. The reason is is because there's all types of producers. Right. There are producers that are there just to do financial stuff. There are producers that are creative. That's more. I'm the creative producer. I'm like, I pr- basically produce like I'm a director. Right. Right. So I, I, I'm like, okay, we'll put this together. We can shoot this here. You know, we'll just shoot this si- this scene here and then we'll shoot the rest of the scene here or we'll shoot this next scene that takes in place on the other side of this room and because it looks completely different. Let's do this. And that's all producing. And you free- producing is basically just how can we get this done? How do you put it together? How do we put this together? How are we going to make this happen? Right. And then, um, you know, like like my regular life, my I, I'm all over the place. I'm unorganized. I'm I'm you know every uh, everything. But for some weird reason, when I'm when I'm making a film or a project, I'm the most organized person in the planet. Oh, that's good. Like I I'm just so anal, and I just you know, and I'm not talking about sexually. I'm talking about I'm talking about the way I handle everything is just perfect. Like I know my day exactly what's going to happen. Like how long? It'll be, like my day is going to be 11 hours and 12 minutes. Like because wow. I put everything everything from. You know, we start at eight o'clock. Makeup gets done by eight thirty. Actors are in at eight thirty. They have to be in makeup by eight forty-five. They have to be uh, on set at, at at nine. Well, that's um, the, the only first way shot to get is it done, 15. right? Otherwise, you'd be just like, uh, should we get together no, there, at there's, this time? There, no, or? there's a lot of ways to get it done, and that's the right way to get it done. Right. But there, I've seen it. I've been on people's movies where I had to help them. Like I did a movie once in Mexico. And the director told me, man, I should give you director's credit because I was helping him. I'm like, dude, you shouldn't do this here. You should right. do this here. Maybe you should try that. I had a, There was one actor who was supposed to cry and he couldn't cry and I got him to cry. You know, and I'm like, can I help? Like, you know, can, you breastfed him. Yes, of course. <laughs> and um, no, no, I was just because there's different ways to do it. There's different ways to work with actors. There's different ways to get a shot. Right. There's different. Huh. And, and the thing is, you have to have a plan, like a solid plan. But then you have to be 
willing to get off the plan. Same thing with comedy, right? Right. And we're like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, but all of a sudden that there's somebody gets a heart attack or somebody heckles or, or the mic goes out or the lights go out. You got you to improvise. No, you yeah, got to keep going. Right. You got to know, okay, I'm, I'm still got to get to from point A to point B. I just got to f- figure out another way to do it. And that's the same thing with filming. Filming is just bang, 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 bang. Since we're talking so much about film, I just want to remind people I wrote an article about my plan to reboot the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you can, <laughs> That's my contribution. Hey, it's time to hit the reset button on all that. Buzz, too Buzz doesn't like all the Marvel movies now. I think they should all be gay. I think basically they should be the village people. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> like instead of Superman, it'll I'll be, give it give it it'll ten be, years. They all will be. <laughs> it'll be instead of Superman, his name will be Super Them or <laughs> Super They. Super They. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Joey Medina at the El Paso comic strip. Woo! Always a pleasure, Joey. Always Hopefully, a pleasure. Yeah. You know, to we'll be here. get together. I go out and, uh, you know, we'll we'll have a drink or something Absolutely. at the bar this weekend. Good, good, All right, good. sounds good. Thank you, Joey. Great oh, thanks for having you. me, guys. I love Come you guys. Come out to the comic strip right. this weekend. ElPasoComicStrip.com or LaughTonight.com. And we'll be back. We've got entertainment with Joanna. Still got those Scorpions tickets on the way. And just about uh, an hour before the weekend starts for us. So uh, we're looking forward to all that. More of the Buzz Adams morning shows coming up right after this it's the buzz adams morning show podcast we've had a ton of calls coming in and uh neckline calls thank you everybody that called about the uh police shooting of the 75 year old woman amelia baca who uh her family had called 911 saying our grandmother or our mother uh, you know suffers from dementia and She's acting aggressively, and she's really confused, and she's got some knives. And then, anyway, she ends up getting shot, and I get a lot of feedback on that. And I don't know that we'll get a chance. I We probably won't get a chance to play all those calls today, but I just thought I would add that, yeah, I saw a report that came down about uh, 15 hours ago that the family is asking that the officer be charged uh, in the case of this. You're oh, saying well. that, that that hardly ever happens, though, because of qualified immunity, right? Right. There's something called qualified immunity, which protects uh, government workers uh, from uh, uh, basically anything that is deemed, uh, well, what, what, well, let me just bring it up. Uh, it protects government officials from lawsuits alleging that uh, the official violated a plaintiff's right, only allowing suits where somebody specifically violated a constitutional right. Well, what did they get the uh, what did they get Derek Chauvin on? The guy who was on George Floyd's neck. You deprived him of his life. Right. You know. So it 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 does happen. Well, let me uh give you another example. Uh there was Those cops that shot into Breonna Taylor's because it was no knock warrant. Sure. I don't think they That's a good example of one. Yeah. Uh for instance, there was a police officer who shot a ten year old child while trying to shoot a non threatening family dog. The 11th Circuit uh, Court of Appeals held that the officer was entitled to qualified immunity because no earlier case held that it was unconstitutional for a police officer to recklessly fire his gun into a group of children without justification. Because there was no... Wait, how's there ever going to be that first court case if they if they say, well, there's never been a court case before? There would have to be one before they, before they would apply. Uh, I got to tell you, watching this video, it is hard to say, oh, that... That lady clearly was about to injure this cop, or there's nothing else this police officer could do. Uh, and the family says they want him 
prosecuted. The police officer, unnamed at this point, is on administrative leave, but that's protocol. Uh, the Las Cruces Police Department says that's the protocol after an officer-involved shooting. But this Qual- is one of those where you watch the video, and you know every video you've ever seen where it's like, that seems like an egregious uh, example of, of uh, police violence. This one's right up there with any of those, I think. Um, but I appreciate an, all the calls. Here's another example for the Ninth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals. It held that police accused of stealing $200,000 while executing a search warrant were entitled to qualified immunity because that court had never addressed whether the theft of property covered by the terms of a search warrant violates the Fourth Amendment. Wait, theft as in they didn't seize it and then turn it in or theft as in they just pocketed it? Uh, they, they... Well, I mean, I, I haven't read the well, whole wait, case. Wait, shouldn't I, it be that a police officer isn't a, allowed to break any of the laws? It that did not matter that virtually for? every human society teaches that theft generally <laughs> is morally wrong. Right. What's going on here? Do, Qualified immunity. Who's, who, okay. All government workers. It applies to our IRS agents, mayors, anybody. Are you sure about, really? Yes. Well, government officials get in trouble for embezzlement and fraud. That's and criminal kinds of suits, things. not civil lawsuits. But oh, they, I, no, I think they want him criminally charged. When I say they want him charged, I wasn't talking about civilly. But I'm civil talk- lawsuits are often the only means to seek justice at all because prosecutors themselves, government workers, are reluctant to bring criminal charges against their government colleagues, especially police officers who are crucial to the work prosecutors do on a daily basis. Well, you know, that's why I think the public has to... You know, if you watch a video like this and you feel outraged, I think you have to communicate that. I'm outraged. We don't think that this is the right way to do things. Yeah, and but then let's just play devil's advocate. A lot of people would say, well, what are you doing getting to be jury and judge before you know any of the facts? Oh, no, no. I, You're going to judge just based off of do this an video? investigation, but definitely do it, you know? based on the video and testimony and everything else. Well, let's just let it play out. Why are you making a judgment? That sounds like by let it play out, you're like, let us sweep it under the rug is what it sounds like. Exactly. Which is the good thing about having these body cams these days. Absolutely. Because before I'd I'd heard about this case before they released the body cam and I thought, well, it sounds bad, but without seeing it. And then when you see it, it's like, oh, it's, it's even worse than it sounded. Time for entertainment news and Hollywood headlines with Joanna Barba. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. After burning through reboots of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Saved by the Bell, and Punky Brewster, Peacock plundered the NBC archives. Seeing as remaking and reviving old television shows couldn't boost enough interest, Peacock is now thinking of turning hit movies into TV shows. Joining a lineup of TV shows based on movies that include Field of Dreams, Pitch Perfect, and Ted... Peacock says that a Reality Bites TV show is now in the works. (laughs) Reality Bites? Reality Bites. That was like my generation. I didn't even see that movie. You didn't see that? I haven't seen that movie either. I've never seen it. I know that Ethan Hawke's in it, I think. By Nona Ryder, I think? Yeah, you got me. Pretty, okay. Reality Bites. Does this have a a bigger fan base than I'm aware of for Reality Bites? You know what? This thing calls it a cult classic from 1994, directed by Ben Stiller. It will be a reframing of that Per The Hollywood Reporter, it'll be more of an adulting dramedy sent, set in the 1990s with the same characters, but not the same actors. Okay. Yeah, yay. Where's our Dazed and Confused TV show, Hollywood? That, that's one I want to see. <laughs> I'd watch that one. I would watch that one, too. But who's going to play 
Wooderson. Is that Matthew you, McConaughey? Yeah, that's McConaughey. Yeah. He could still play him. That's <laughs> what he loves about high school girls, all right? Now I'm just a creepy old pedophile. <laughs> you just got to keep I on living. Which kind of living. was in the first movie. You got to L-I-V-I-N living. <laughs> Matt Damon appears in ads for Crypto.com and is now getting slammed for it. The ad started running in October and features the phrase, Fortune favors the brave. When it first came out, everything was lovely for the blockchain-centered technology, but now the crypto market is crashing and everyone wants to call out Matt Damon for promoting it. All right, Joanna, yes. who was the first person that you heard saying, this ad pisses me off? You! Me, right. Yeah, you're very vocal like, about that. I don't that. feel like being shamed by Matt, Matt Damon, Damon into getting this into crypto. I'm, And he's going to call me a basically a P-wad if I don't. <laughs> And you're all, not climbing a mountain. You're buying crypto. It's got all these images of explorers and you know people who did amazing things. And people who are actually looking for real gold yeah. out in the mines and stuff. You mad, Damon? <laughs> I really, I really want to like Matt Damon. I think he seems like a really likable guy. But that thing just rubbed me the wrong way. It's like what? What, how does Matt Damon, what are his financial bona fides that he's going to tell me that if I don't get into crypto, I'm basically a giant All right. I'm about to say a lot of stuff I don't get. Never trust Matt Damon. <laughs> so crypto is really been battered in the past couple of weeks well especially right. you got to be very specific with what you're talking about there the product that matt damon was selling was something a website called, called crypto.com now bitcoin and ethereum the two tokens that are the most popular right now those are the ones that you will be here and are there i mean all of crypto is crashing but those are the ones that crash i don't take financial advice from matt damon i take financial advice from ben affleck that's why i'm getting a giant back tattoo <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that reference. He has a Ben Affleck huge is friends tattoo. with Matt Damon. They worked a, a lot together. Yeah, they're buddies. They've been childhood friends. You don't know that. And and but what ben about Affleck the back tattoo? He got a gigantic tattoo. back tattoo of of a like a bat or something like something winged, <laughs> and it's not good. They wrote Goodwill Hunting together. Yes, I know that they got an Oscar for it. But what I don't like about this commercial is that I don't know what it's for until maybe the very end. It sounds like it could be for a cruise line or a, right. an expedition to Antarctica, an energy drink. Yeah, <laughs> it could literally be for anything. Oh, there it is! Holy Ugh. crap! It's ginormous. Is that yeah, real? Hold back. Yes, it's real. Everybody thought it was it? fake when he got it, but it's still there years later. So I think it's real. Oh, this is years old. Yes, uh, this is years okay. old. Couple, at least like. I was maybe, about to say Matt Damon's to... having a mental breakdown. Four years ago. That's Ben Affleck. That's Ben Affleck, dude. Th didn't I say Ben Affleck? No, you said <laughs> Matt Damon. Affleck. We're all still on the Matt Damon thing. So, in theory here, don't trust Matt Damon. And in practice. Don't Good. trust Ben Affleck either based on that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of bad choices.
A new popular Snapchat filter depicts users as a crying, blubbery mess, leading the internet to believe that it might have been inspired by Amber Heard, a theory that's total BS, according to Snapchat. If you've used the app lately, you've probably seen the feature by now. It's an augmented reality lens that you can throw onto your mug, changing your facial expression to one that's hilariously sad and emotive. Buzz, I tried it on you this morning. Hilarious, right? Nico's looked hilarious. Nico's did look funny. No, my I tried... I, I, it gave me a bunch of wrinkles I didn't have before. I felt like it oh, added a it bunch doesn't. of wrinkles to my face. It adds some wrinkles so that it makes it look like you're sad. I saw what happened to Nico, and so I tried to be give you the biggest smile and the happiest look I could. It still made you look sad. Very wrinkly. Didn't like that. Well, it's a hit, but it has become the cause of a new rumor. Namely, that Snapchat heads must have used Amber's crying last week on the stand as the blueprint. I've got a picture of Amber Heard's cry face up right. here. And it kind of made you guys look like that, right? Well, despite the rampant speculation, a spokesperson for Snapchat tells TMZ there's simply no truth whatsoever. That lens is not inspired by Amber Heard. And if you think about it logistically, it doesn't add up because apparently this specific filter, which dropped last Friday, has been in the works for six months. So it was being developed well before Amber ever offered her tearful testimony. And more importantly, Snapchat says that they would never play coy with a domestic violence case. God, can you imagine where your whole job was to develop the crying face filter? Right. And you're like... Your month's work. Yeah, my month. God, it finally feels good. And everyone's like... Isn't this also the kind of thing that you wonder, oh, who's saving my picture? Where's it going? Who has access to it? And are they... I don't think about those things. Could go to Moscow. <laughs> Wasn't there a thing they were saying there was some kind of filter and it was really trendy just in the past couple of weeks? And, this, and I think Snope says it's not true, but... Like an article came out and said, uh, the company that has access to all those, you know, your facial biometrics and stuff is based in Moscow. Well, there's this new one on Facebook that kind of cartoonizes your cartoonizes your, your face, your profile picture. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying like, hey, don't be using that because you don't know where it's going to be held up in or right. what what's using what's being used to get your face to look at the same time though what are you going to do with my face what like what would you do enter it into a national database so if they ever need to find you they can you know because you can do that already by just googling me or anybody like with with cctv cameras you could be that can be done for anybody that can be done for anybody right now they already have the technology to map your face from cctv cameras just like that so it's like why who cares if if you already see my face i don't know you're all into that. Like you wouldn't even <laughs> you wouldn't even give this company that we work for, Town Square Media, you wouldn't even enter in like an email or a or a password that w- was necessary to get access to something. And you're like, I don't want them sending me things that <laughs> I don't want them sending me things I don't need. It's like that's your corporate. Uh, that's a corporate thing. They're the last people I would want to have. In. They're, they're, they're the, literally my employer is the last person I would want having. More information than I'm required by law to give? Why would I do that? But (laughs) (laughs) All right. And finally, Norm MacDonald secretly recorded a run-through of a planned stand-up special shortly before his death, and it is coming to Netflix. The existence of the previously unseen footage was revealed Wednesday by fellow funny man David Spade, who said that he definitely cried 
when he saw the footage alongside five of McDonald's closest friends following a belated memorial service in Los Angeles last weekend. On Thursday, Netflix announced that the hour-long special titled Nor McDonald, Nothing Special, will premiere on May 30th on the streaming network. The show was self-taped in the comedian's home, according to Netflix. Uh, I really can't wait to see that. Norm McDonald's one of the best stand-up, one of my favorite stand-up comics. He's great. And every year for Christmas, Buzz plays that 12 Days of Christmas one. Uh, what I really wanted was a hat. <laughs> uh, Mara, how about eight hats a hat? How about eight hats a hat? <laughs> That's great. With your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Mother Truckin'! Yeah. Steve's going to talk some sports. I good am. morning, Cappy. Hey, good morning. Well, yeah, we're going to talk uh, a little bit of sports. But I'll talk Nico, whatever you want, man. I'm, you know, I'm here. So as Nico, far as I'm concerned. I hear food, Steve likes sports. I don't know. I'll talk anything. Whatever you want. Whatever you want to discuss. Nico has a list of shows that they've confirmed are being canceled. Most of these are network, but I guess some of them are also cable and even some of the streaming services. That's Well, no, these are just uh, cable right now. So there's not. It's, no, no. Some of them are, are network shows. Or network. Yeah. These are. Sorry. Well, C- they're all... CBS, NBC, and the CW. That's what oh, I've got. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, throw them out there, and I'll tell you if if I've watched them, or even if I'm aware of them. Anybody else? If they're canceling something you really like, uh, let's hear them. Sure. NBC. They will be canceling the End Game, Mr. Mayor with Ted oh, Danson. Man, wouldn't it be great if that was like a TV version of? Thanos, the <laughs> game, but it's not. I don't have any idea what it's about. Mr. Mayor is with Ted Danson yeah. and Bobby Moynihan. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's a it's a yeah. funny one. And Keenan will be uh, canceled this year, so hmm. Keenan will only have one show to rely on. Uh, CBS will be canceling Magnum PI, United States of Owl. Be positive. United States of Owl looks like so it's a guy and he brings his translator back from afghanistan I, I i might be getting the countries wrong it really seems it reminds me of uh the one with balky what was that Steve? perfect strangers perfect strangers right because he's all like all right mm-hmm. i got you well, what's a confusing situation it's just like this real throwback like 80s type of was that like per- bronson pinchot yeah it was bronson pinchot that's what i thought uh the cw is losing the most shows with about eight of them naomi the 4400 legacies dynasty charmed legends of tomorrow batwoman in the dark and roswell new mexico will all be canceled the only things coming back for CBS is going to be Young Sheldon, Bob Hart's Abishola, NBC, Young Rock, Grand Crew, and American Auto will be coming back. My son really likes Young Rock. Young Rock I watched because my friend was watching it a couple of months ago. So it's got The Rock himself in it, mm-hmm. but not in the present. You know where he's in? The future. Is he really? He's running for president. Ah, future Rock. I wonder, yeah. if that's, I wonder if there's any possible truth to that. That's interesting. That's kind of interesting, but then he'll go back and sometimes he's a kid Mm -hmm. and his dad's hanging out with all these famous wrestlers. Well, his dad was a a famous wrestler. Yeah. You know, his dad was Rocky Johnson. That's exactly right. But there was an episode recently where Young Rock goes fishing with Andre the Giant. Oh, that's cool. Which I don't know if they're... I wonder if that really happened. I, I don't know. And then he also, it's a different actor who plays him like when he was maybe 18. Yeah. Um, that sounds like fun. I think it's amazing how much into wrestling Steve is. 
And how much you got your kid into it? Oh, my son loves wrestling. Oh, I come home from I come home from work. It's like seven thirty at night, and he's watching some random WWE pay per view from like the last uh, twenty years, <laughs> and it's just it's on the TV at the house. So it's great. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah, know? this is SummerSlam two thousand two. It's awesome. Steve, you you wrote about Joe Golding and bringing in players that really seem to be fitting into the Joe Golding system at UTEP basketball. Yeah, I did. I mean, I feel like you know they, they only have one scholarship left to give, so they've pretty much filled out the class. And it's a totally different type of player than what we've seen the last few years with Rodney Terry. These are not like you know three, four star highly regarded recruits. These are guys that are just like they're good ball players. They average like you know eight, ten, twelve points per game in their previous school, but they're all coming here with a chip on their shoulder. They they've got a little bit of a of a you know uh, I would say something to prove and they all seem like they're the same guys they all work hard on defense whenever we interviewed them all we ask them what their defense is like they're all dogs they all talk about how they just want to put time in the gym and how for them El Paso is just uh, they're here to win and I'm like you know what it's kind of nice I mean this seems like the kind of team Joe Golding had at Abilene Christian no superstars just hard-working guys that fit what he's looking for, and are all kind of buying into his concept. So I'm excited. UTEP just released a a $91.50 season ticket yesterday for men's basketball. Buzz, that's the I've never heard of a season ticket under $100. 91.50. Yes, 91.50 for a season ticket. So that's exactly. And you have up to seven months to pay it off. So you could buy a season ticket and give UTEP like 15 bucks a month for seven months to, uh, to pay that thing off. I can get a season pass on layaway? Yes, you could. A season ticket on layaway. That's the only way I can get these. Yeah. Well, there you awesome. go. Can you buy it on a contingency? It's like, I'll buy it for the first three months and no, see how it goes. No, you can't do that. You can't just get, wait and see. you got to buy it. But then, you know what? I like I like where the university is going, and we've already had a couple of the people that have messaged us on, on Twitter that they've already picked up the ticket, and they're excited about it and ready to get uh, ready to help uh, you know UTEP uh, put some fans in the seats next year, which is great. I was, uh, and I even clipped it out of the paper, and now I can't find it, but uh, El Paso Times had a story where an expert on college or you know somebody who claims expertise says that when uh that division one players in some of the premier divisions uh conferences conferences there right he said average about fifty thousand that these oh, guys yeah. are gonna make oh, yeah. at, as an average well, a player that plays football you know in the big east mm-hmm. or plays basketball yeah. We well, don't play football in the Big East. We play but basketball in the Big basketball East. Basketball in yep. the Big East and football in the, the American and, Athletic or Big 12, Big SEC. 10. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. the average right. that they're going to get from name, likeness, and image, image, likeness, name, I and what, NIL, it's name, image, likeness, yeah, is going to be an average of $50,000. I could see that. Look, here's what's happening, okay? This past week, the NCAA started regulating NIL because they say that it's what it's done is it's made pay-for-play legal, which it has. But the difference is, they I don't know how the NCAA figured that they, they're so late to this idea. Of course they're using money to lure players from one school to the next. That's what they're doing right now. You know, there's a kid from Tennessee that's going to be playing football in the SEC, hasn't even played a snap, and he's making $8 million. What wow. is that? Eight million, yeah, that, and he's never not even, even played, played. Never wow. even played it down. Wait, he's playing eight million dollars. That's his nil deal. Well, is he a star high school guy? Yeah. Uh. Why even go pro? Right. <laughs> stay, no, no, in stay in college. Mike. Exactly. How about this? There's a running back at Texas. You remember, remember uh, Bijan Robinson? Yep. You know what he's got an nil deal with? Lamborghini of Austin. He's got an NIL deal with Lamborghini of Austin, and he's driving around campus in a Lamborghini. How do you feel if you're on the track team and nobody's, you know, I don't know, 
are those athletes going to make anything? Because that's not a huge spectator sport. Or, or, or lacrosse. Or, or shoot, you know. The, or fencing. Uh, or yeah, fencing. Or yeah, fencing. fencing. Yeah. For that matter. No, I mean, not like, well, they're they bring those, in the dollars. If, if I were those guys, I'd be like, we ought to be able to get yeah. to put sponsors on our uniforms like NASCAR does. And then the school be like, well, you're just lucky to have your education paid for. What's that music mean, Buzz? That means we're out of time. we got to wrap up. Have a great weekend, everybody. And go, Miners! <laughs>